Um, excuse me. Uh, that takes us to adoption of the agenda. Are there any deletions or additions to be had? Councillor Ford. Yes, Your Worship. Uh, after a meeting that I had with the RCMP and Adam Dietrich, I'd like to add on to the agenda a safe summer strategies initi initiative. Okay, we will make that. Um, that's actually unfinished business, so we'll make it uh, 7.2. And you're calling it Safe Summer Strategies Initiative? That's correct. Is there just one or is there two of them? No, just the one. Okay. I didn't know whether to put an S or not on the end of initiatives. Okay. Uh, are there any other additions? Would someone like to put forward a deletion? Hearing none, I will. Uh, I'll entertain a motion to adopt the agenda as amended. All in favor of Councillor Banky's motion? <coughs> Passed. I am. Thank you, uh, Deputy Mayor. Uh, we are at the adoption of the minutes, and we have uh, one for May the ninth. 2016 regular meeting of council and uh, mr. mayor I've got one question on that one uh, please go ahead um, it comes after uh, motion 1605203 it's a motion that councillor Sachuk put together it's not too clear from what's written as to what the meeting was in number three there. Uh, what, did, what did you change it to, uh, Ms. Fallon? I did get instructions to change the wording on that, and that has been changed in the finalized minutes. It's just not attached to the agenda. I believe Councillor Burr sent me those that information. Okay. So it's been fixed? Yeah, it has been fixed. Okay, thank you. Mr. Mayor, I put it forth a motion to uh, approve the May 9th minutes. Okay, uh, I'm not going to call for a vote on that. I noticed that we have, um, since the Deputy Mayor has been submitting May uh, written reports, we've, uh, you're, you're um, um, putting them in the minutes to the point that they're dominating the minutes. But given that her uh, her report's available online, I'm actually thinking that uh, um, there probably should just be a note that... Uh, oh, Mr. Mayor, then I'll um, probably start just giving verbal reports. Okay. Okay. But, um, for this set of minutes, I... Uh, Yeah, my, my preference would be to uh, just put something down like Deputy Mayor Manzer's monthly uh, submitted uh, written monthly report uh, available via the agenda. Um, anybody, anybody else? Nice. I submitted my comments already and they're incorporated, so I'll make a motion to accept them as amended then. All in favor? 
I am. Uh, that takes us to the minutes of May 24th. Uh, 2016. Right. Is, are there any corrections that need to be made there or uh, clarifications? Your Worship, I can move the uh, the minutes of uh, May 24th. All in favor of Councillor Needham's motion? In favor. Uh, are there any public Hearings, Mr. Parker. There are none, Your Worship. Okay. Presentations. Uh, I see three of them on the agenda. Uh, the first one will be uh, Rotary House update, uh, and the main presenter will be Ms. Bastel and and Mr. Rodstaff. Okay, very good. And then we will. Uh, uh, after that will be birth matters for peace parents and the 2015 audited financial statements. So uh, uh, Ms. Bastel and Mr. Rostad, please come come to the uh, presenter's desk, if you will. And Mr. Richard Rhodes. Very good. Okay. <laughs> I see a large roll of uh, engineering drawings there. Just uh, turn on the lights on the. And there's the other one. On that side. <clears throat> okay, well, thank you very much for the, allowing us this opportunity to present. Uh, I'm Richard Rhodes. I'm the acting president of the Rotary Club. I'm also the um, the uh, uh, project or the chair of the implementation of the uh, project. We normally have, just to, to fill in, the past president filling that role. Of our past president was uh, Teresa Seitz, and she moved to Fort St. John about a month ago as part of a career uh, change. So I've, uh, I, I'm accepting the role a little early. Anyway, <clears throat> going on, uh, we have a, a funding committee. Uh, we have two co-chairs, uh, you both know them. Uh, Bev Bastel and uh, Brent Rostad. We also have with us here the uh, project planning chair, which would be Dave Van Tamlin, to answer some other questions uh, if they need to come up. Uh, we also have in the audience uh, several Rotarians to support us in, in this presentation. Kelly Whalen from uh, Gulado, uh, one of the major contributors to the, uh, the fund so far, and Shelley Shannon. And I think that's it. So enough for introductions. Uh, I will pass the uh, chair to uh, Bev and uh, Brent to uh, continue on. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with a brief history. Um, we started this project four years ago, um, the spring of 2012. Uh, it has grown from a project that was... Um, a $1.5 million budget initially, and after um, after communicating with um, with the uh, the interest groups involved, um, i.e. Um, the hospital and the doctor care and, and the patient care, that we uh, quickly realized that the facility was going to be undersized and not up to the not up to the needs that the community currently uh, is using. Um, so over the last four years, uh, I believe. Uh, 
you have a package in front of you with most of the financials. I'll just give a quick overview. Um, we have uh, currently, uh, we fundraised, we have 1.6 uh, mil in the, in the bank. We have $450,000 in committed funding coming to us um, over the next uh, eight years. And uh, that's sort of the fundraising aspect of where we've gone over the last four years throughout the community uh, and the region. And the support that we've got and gathered over these four years, and that's sort of where we are on a financial point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are. I mean, we've had extremely st uh, strong community support, uh, which has been very helpful in order to raise the funds, and we continue to have that support. Um, but unfortunately, we just have a, a little bit of a shortfall and a gap in order to uh, to make this dream happen, and uh, for the Peace uh, Country residents and the region. Um, it, it's really important to note that um, um, this is our, our best opportunity uh, at this point in time to work with uh, North Peace Housing. The location is awesome. Um, I don't think we'll have an, another opportunity like this uh, and access to the hospital is, uh, is very important especially for family patients and medical uh, staff as well. Um, we just want to know, like we, we did provide you with the information package about the Rotary House. I'm just wondering, this is our first presentation to you, is there any questions that we may, uh, that you have that we can answer just on the presentation package? We don't want to spend a lot of time on it because I'm sure most of you are aware of our projects and have uh, supported us um, in the past. So is there anything? Yeah, there was, uh, I looked at it uh, this morning and uh, um, it's still downloading from the civic web for me, but uh, I, uh, your was, there was a focus, um, and, uh, and I'm assuming that uh, a big part of this package is to appeal to, uh, uh, to potential donors, and you, you did a nice job on focusing in on the First Nations and the Métis uh, settlements. Um, but I noticed uh, at the top of that page you talk about service territory, um, and I'm thinking ahead here is you you've actually got a pretty big ask if if I if I understood the documents pretty uh, 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 understood the documents uh, fairly well. So uh, you've got four uh, four counties: uh, Smoky River, MD of Peace, Northern Sunrise County, MD of Northern Lights. But uh, certainly, I think one of our target contributors, if I can use the word target, um, is uh, Mackenzie County. And I don't know their proper name. And even Saddle, uh, Saddle Hills County, is that? Who? Um, uh, I'm, and I'm looking at Councillor Nina. Well, I, 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 think, I think Mackenzie County would. Uh, your worship would be an obvious one. Saddle Hills, I think, would be a, a stretch. They would be the other side of the river and mostly Grand Prairie. But Clear Hills okay, is Clear Hills is this side, so that might be what you're thinking. Right. Yeah. And is there any other counties that we should be mentioning here? Because uh, obviously we probably need to go to those counties and make a sales pitch. So I, I wouldn't want them to sort of look at it and go and say, well. Geez, you you uh, you ignored us, so uh, I guess you don't need our money. Um, um, actually, we did go and make a presentation right. to uh, to uh, we went to uh, 
uh, Mackenzie County. Actually, we did that last fall. Uh, we've gone to every municipality within the uh, within the area of the scope that Alberta Health Services felt that we're using the facility. So Brent and I have gone to, um, we've met with the MD of Opportunity, Mackenzie, Northern Lights, uh, Northern Sunrise County. Uh, we have gone to Smoky River. And unfortunately with the Mackenzie County, um, they didn't, even though a lot of the usage is uh, coming from that area, they didn't really tend to support our project all that well. And so we plan on going back um, and doing a presentation to them and perhaps maybe once we get it up and running that maybe there's some operational dollars. Once we get gather information and statistics on how many people are actually using the facility, because right now we don't really have any statistics to, to prove to them that there are this many people, residents in your area that are actually going to be benefiting from this project. Um, we were very fortunate with uh, Northern Lights. Uh, they came up and they were very supportive and, and were very positive about our project and believed in us enough that they gave us 100000 right off the bat. Um, Northern uh, Sunrise County has been, you know, most everybody has. Smoky River, um, I don't think that they realize the usage either. And I think we, it's the lack of data that we have right now that is trying to convince these people to actually put money towards the project. Personally, that's what I think. Uh, I don't think they really have a good understanding. And another thing is, is I don't think we had the information um, as, as well, you know, the information that they needed at that time. I think um, it was just maybe a dream they thought of ours and that we were going to go ahead and do it, you know, planning on doing it. I don't really know why they wouldn't support a project like this. I have sent them updates on our project. I've sent all the municipalities invitations to our gala and we just haven't had any response, which is unfortunate. But I believe that we do need to go back, if we can get this place up and running, the Rotary House up and running, um, that we go back and maybe ask for operational funds once we have some more information, which will help us out tremendously. But how, how easy is it to change this? Do you, have you published a whole bunch of these, or is it, is it easy no, to No, you know, we're pretty much, I mean, this was what we originally had uh, put together, this package. Um, okay. And this package has been revised over the last four years on a continuous yes. basis. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. I don't, I don't have any other questions in that presentation, do you? Anyone else? Nothing. I, I guess I don't have any questions, but I'd I'd like a minute if I may. Oh yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming. I, I guess first of all, uh, I think everybody knows the number, and yes, it is a big ask. Uh, I don't think uh, um, so. We we should acknowledge that. Um, certainly, I would also acknowledge that there's potentially a need to go back and try and uh, try and find some more supporters in our municipal uh, partners. But just allow me to say, I, I think what I what I worry about is is the cost of not doing this project. Um, Rotary's into this project for about sixty two percent of about two hundred and seventy one thousand dollars in fees. Um, if we don't do this to send this back to the drawing board, I, I don't know I don't know what the replacement project would be. It would take in my mind, uh, some time to for the Rotary to bring something forward. Um, 
the land. It's a joint project with North Peace Housing. If North Peace Housing went ahead uh, in the absence of Rotary House, I don't, I don't know where Rotary would find land. And if you did find it, you wouldn't get it for $80,000. You'd be well into that $300,000 range. Uh, so it would put such a project, uh, it, would, it would be a stretch in my mind. I think the other thing that we need to uh, keep in mind is uh, our new government has announced that they're considering a whole bunch of new capital projects uh, this month. Um, we've got, as Bev suggested, there's this window of opportunity. I think when these capital projects come online, uh, you're going to find the economy heat up again. I don't know if you're going to see another bid such as the one we got from United. Uh, it's a good bid. They're a good firm. And you're going to end up rebidding or retendering a project and you're going to be faced with uh, increasing costs. Uh, from a town perspective, the town, uh, the land is available. Uh, the underground services are in place. Uh, they were done last fall. Uh, today, the contractor was supposed to start with the curb and butter. Uh, curb and butter, why don't we try that again? <laughs> curb and gutter, I can't read my own notes. Uh, with a deadline of, of finishing this by June 30th. Uh, of course, four days of rain didn't didn't help. So, when that work is done, that will also kickstart a number of other potential developments in the area. As far as the joint capital fund, again, I, I think everybody acknowledges it's a big ask. I don't think we've uh, considered such a large amount in the past, but I think it's an excellent fit. Um, and I also know what the balance of that fund is, and the money is sitting there. So. Um, Again, uh, speaking in favor of the project, this council had a strategic plan that we wrote four years ago. Uh, I turned to page six of that plan. It talks about mutually acceptable uh, projects where we can agree with Northern Sunrise County, and this is, is certainly such a project. And then I think finally some anticipation at the community level. Um, it's not very often we get a gallery that's full. Uh, we usually get a gallery when they're more sort of controversial issues when we're trying to make other decisions. Uh, so this is great to see uh, community support. Uh, again, fundraising for the last four years at the galas, been well attended. Everybody knows about this. Uh, I, I think that uh, we need to do this. And so I've likely spoke more than my three minutes, but thank you. So um, from, what, from what you're saying, Councillor Needham, is there's the, uh, there's been tenders, the bids have been received, and you have a bid. Um, I'm assuming it's this name United came up, so I'm assuming it's it's United. How 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 long uh, how, for how long is the is the bid good for? Closed on June second, and we have a 60-day window to let them know whether or not we're going to proceed with the project. If we do not have the funds in place, the total funds in place, we will not be able to proceed with the project okay. in, by 60 days. So, um, right. And the, um, so tomorrow, are you going to Northern Sunrise County? Yes, yes. we are. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, we were very fortunate to um, have, uh, with our business uh, uh, plan, uh, the assistance of, uh, of our um, past chair, Teresa Seit, the Scotia Bank Manager, and Mark Bergeron from uh, Northern Sunrise County help us put this business plan okay. together. So, yeah. Be because our, uh, 
we we can't we can't give you the nine hundred thousand right here because right. we we need to it needs to be a mutually agreeable uh, uh, between our council and their council. Um, now I think there's probably a motion. Uh, probably the best we can we could probably go, I think we can go around the table and, and take a straw vote as to if if anyone's if anyone any councillors are opposed to asking for nine hundred thousand from the uh, joint capital fund, and then somebody would officially make a motion to uh, to refer this this request to the uh, to the um, to the joint capital committee. Um, so, anybody else have questions, Ms. Banky? So if, if the, the uh, request from the Joint Capital Fund is approved, what's your timelines looking like following that? that uh, we should be able to proceed this fall and probably have uh, completion by uh, the spring of 2017. So shovel in the ground in shovel like September? We have the plans here. Plans are ready. We're they're ready, so if you want to take a few minutes and if anybody wants to look at them, they're here. We just received them. Uh, so we're ready to go. We just need the funds. We started early as July. Early as July? And then, sorry, completion in spring, you said? Spring of 2017. So anticipated first day of use would be like April, May type of thing? Is that sort of the Rough, target? Roughly. Okay. Your, Your Worship, I'm, I'm not sure uh, where you're suggesting the motion is, but if you're looking for a motion, I would suggest then that uh, perhaps the motion is we just refer this matter to the Joint Capital Fund for their consideration. But I, I am worried about the time frame. Um, Why don't we make it a little more uh, uh, positive and definitive and a motion to support a request of... Is it nine hundred thirty-six thousand? Nine hundred sixty-three thousand four hundred sixteen dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You want to point on it, Mr. Rostad? I, I wish you would not have read that amount into the record. <laughs> uh, Mr. Tavlin? Uh, just to be clear, that includes the contingency allowances in the contract, and there's about one hundred and fifty thousand of contingency allowances. So the ask would be up to that maximum. Hopefully the project will be finished for less than that amount. So why, why don't we make a motion? Why don't you make a motion, Mr. Needham, to support a uh, request for that number, nine hundred sixty-three thousand? Uh, make it nine hundred sixty-four thousand. Well, make a motion that we support a that this council report a support a request to the joint capital fund for. I, may I interrupt for a second? Yeah. Are we comfortable as a council that 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 amount of money coming out of that fund isn't going to impact other projects we've got on the go? I mean, well, have we had that discussion. Well, you can have that discussion right now. Well, I. I still have a difficulty supporting. I think the town of Peace River is the municipality that is least able to support that kind of funding. I look at the kind of money that I know that Mackenzie County has and what Clear Hills County has, and they, and they're not anting up. I I just I have a real hard time thinking that that funds need to come from the town. I 
I, I think there needs to be an attempt to try to squeeze those municipalities to come up with the cash. Like, they can afford it. They could write a check for the full amount of either one of those right now. Well, uh, I think Mr. Needham's argument was, <clears throat> and Ms. Bastel's argument was, there's 60 days yeah. well, as a, I, from June the 2nd. And, and I, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, downgrade the importance of this project in any means. Um, all I'm saying is that, that that amount of money coming out of that fund um, could have some serious impacts on other projects. So uh, I'm not sure where administration... Well, I, I don't know what those other projects are, but maybe you could tell us. Well, so there's $2.1 in there, so what else are we looking at? We're looking at a new arena somewhere down the road, and that's got to come out here. Well, there's no money. Well, well I, okay, fair enough. I don't see the Joint Capital funding doing an arena, but what else is left? I didn't see it doing a rotary house either. Well, I mean, we, we, everybody we, gets a vote around here, so. That's right. I, and, and like I say, I think it's a worthy project. All I'm saying is it will handcuff us for upcoming projects. Well, an arena is going to handcuff us too, if you want to take that attitude. It's not an attitude, just a comment. So, well, it'll handcuff us any way you look at it. So there comes a point where we have to make a decision where we're going to. Where, where we're what we're willing to support. Um, personally, I see a Rotary Club. It's uh, this is actually you, Mr. Rostad. You <coughs> talked about starting this four years ago, but this this dream of a Rotary House is tied with the medical center. Yeah, there's and a lot of lot of linkage there. Absolutely. How, how old is it, how old is that dream? Oh gosh, five years. This uh, whole dream. This I would say it even go back yeah. ten Farther years. Than that. This this is about trying to create a trying to create a, an area, uh, like a medical area, trying to protect what we have. That's A lot of this Rotary House stemmed from that, trying to protect the fact that, um, you know, a lot of small communities are continuously losing um, the medical care in, in one form or another to the larger, um, the larger cities. And, and a big part of Rotary House and the Medical Centre of Excellence, previous to that, was to try and protect that, try and protect what we have. And so that it doesn't bleed more and more, and and offer like you know we there's a lot of us put our heart heart and soul into this and, and believe in it um, to be a project very worthwhile for the community and the region. And w when we say community, we don't mean just the town of Peace River. We mean the whole area and uh, what it can offer to to everybody. Um, it, and it, it helps protect our health in in one form or another. And it's it's a needed necessity in our opinion. And the window is, is unfortunately, it's, it's, it's closing. Uh, building this facility on the north end of town or somewhere else sort of defeats exactly what, what the purpose of it is. And that's to provide convenient care and convenient uh, housing for the, both the medical field and the patient care. That's Mr. Mayor, I've got a question when there's time. Okay, uh, go ahead, Deputy Mayor. Um, it's been mentioned that there's a Pacific company that has uh, su submitted a successful bid. Is there uh, some guarantee that that company it will be employing um, local uh, businesses or people? We, the tenders were put out. Um, we have no guarantee on that. We, we submitted a form that listed all of the... Um, 
all of the support that we've had from every local um, business that would be somehow tied into construction phase um, in with the tender packages and we we had a letter in there that expressed the support that these businesses have given and some that had even expressed continued support in the building of this facility um, that's that's what we did that's all we could do from a tender point because we didn't feel that we had the right to sit there and choose and, and put certain parameters on and unfortunately we don't um, I, I do know that uh, certain companies in town have been notified by some of the bids I, I can't honestly speak that um, the, the, the main tender uh, bid here from United Construction who and and if they've talked to anybody I don't know that but I do know talking to certain vendors and certain people involved in, in the trades that they have been approached but I, I Hey, that's, that's good to hear. Um, the other question is, uh, Mr. Needham, um, you had mentioned, uh, I think, Mackenzie County as being maybe a little more willing, from your viewpoint, to um, help support this Rotary House uh, due to your conversations with a counselor or so? Yes. Uh, the past weekend I had a chance to meet with uh, Bill Newfield and a couple of his counselors, and uh, uh, they, they uh, certainly uh, showed some interest. I think a couple of years ago when the group was up there, maybe they didn't have the, the fine point of the detail as to uh, what the ask would be or what the potential. I mean, this is about uh, you know providing accommodations for kids and families when loved ones are in need of hospital care. I, I think they got that part. But I, I think the part that they maybe didn't get was, uh, and I'm just looking at the funding group here, I'm not sure if Rotary had a specific ask, but now we have a tender document, now we have a number, um, and I think the ask could be, could be identified. So um, the Reeve, with, with no promises, did say, uh, you know, come back with some specifics and, and they would consider it. Just while I've got the floor, uh, Your Worship, I think, and maybe just to speak to, uh, Councillor Terry's comment about the, the fund. I, I still acknowledge that it's a big amount, but you know, we, we took the skateboard group in town. We gave them $100,000 a couple of years ago and held the money, and we still haven't spent it. So, along that theme, um, $964,000, we wouldn't, and if you're going to start this year, we got a 90 day window. I would think that Rotary's not looking for a check tonight or tomorrow. and the ask out of that fund could easily be split over two years. So we again put an annual contribution of 350 in its match. So uh, I guess the sting, if I could use that word, would be some somewhat lessened. So I don't I don't see the the whole amount going out this year. Is, is that an accurate assumption? Like, are you guys needing that 963 out right out of the gate, just so we know what we're dealing with? Our, uh, what we've been told is we need to have the cash uh, in the bank cash in the bank in order, in order for us to proceed before that 60 days yeah. so for us to go back and do anything at this point in time with any council especially with summers coming up and everything else I don't see that that's going to work for us so the, the ask is that amount but within yes. 60 days yes. the full amount yes. okay um, okay well they Okay, I guess what I was driving at, I thought there was an opportunity to to uh, perhaps hold. I mean, you would not expense 
that full amount this year, of course, but... Uh, no, but I think uh, the impression that we got from North right, East no. Housing at our, with our at meetings is that they needed to know in order for us well, to, to partner I, with them, yeah. I think the commitment has to be there. Yeah, well, the yes. commitment has to be there, and the, the problem is is that your partner doesn't want to get into this thing and then find out that you're 900 and yes. some odd thousand dollars short, so that's the problem. Yes. So, Mr. Mayor, one other comment, if I may. Yeah. Um, with respect to the concern about um, other projects, um, such as perhaps the rec uh, arena drawing from the joint capital fund, um, I would be leery of our partner, uh, thinking that our partner would contribute more to that uh, project from the joint capital fund when they're already contributing um, six million from other sources. So I know the concern about having available money for some last-minute causes there, but I, I, I guess leery about the thought that they would even uh, agree to it. I think the, the other uh, projects that might be joint capital concern are Athabasca Hall and 12-foot Davis Park um, this year. But... Um, I would be willing to support a, uh, the motion up to the 963000 some odd dollars. Um, I should say also that I'm a member of the Rotary Club, not that I've got any financial interest, but just so it's up front. Uh, you had something you wanted to add? Yeah, so it was, uh, not the, the, the total ask is 964, so that's like 480, that would be approximately 482 each between the two municipalities from that joint fund. So the other the other question I have would uh, would be for Mr. Van Tamlin. You had made a comment earlier that that's, this 964 is all contingencies in. So if that project comes in lower and that, that value is not spent, could there be some money put back into that fund? I don't see why not. Um, I, I think the issue is for the peace of mind of partnering with the Peace Housing Foundation, we have to know that we have the money to cover that contract in place before the 60-day acceptance period's over. Um, so I think the answer to the previous discussion is we don't, I don't know whether we need to have a check in the bank, but we need to have a legally binding commitment for that money when it's needed to service that contractor. And clearly the payments out to the contractor will be spaced as progress payments over the life of the construction project. So I'm sure you're familiar with that with all the capital projects you do as well. But the, the cash flow will be quite different from the contract price. But the point is we've got to be absolutely certain we have the contract price covered before the end of the acceptance period. And if the, I, I, I would phrase the ask as up to 964. Oh, I would support that. Uh, miss, Mr. Parker, do you have anything you want to add on, on this? No, no. Um, since you have a, uh, since you're in tune with our, our finances here at the town. Uh, what I would uh, recommend is um, very similar to the motion that you're you're making. Um, refer to the joint capital fund. Um, I wouldn't put a number on it right at the moment because uh, the simple reason is is if you put a number on it, 
Um, I'd do a second uh, motion and just say um, request staff to go and contact our supporting municipalities. Um, because if the supporting municipalities think we're going to pay up to the, the 900, there's really no incentive for them to actually kick any funds in. But if uh, we don't have any number there and then we, uh, we know basically the, the ask, we know what the need is, um, administration on the second motion can actually, and what I would recommend is, is we go out and we talk to our municipalities, our surrounding municipalities, and, and really stress the need and how it actually uh, fits into their communities and supports their communities. And, and maybe we, with Rotary, uh, do a little more forceful aggressiveness in, in trying to get some funding there. Uh, because, uh, like I said, I also attended that uh, SCM, and uh, I remember Councillor uh, Needham seemed very positive there. There could be a possibility of some other funding coming. So that, that's what I would uh, uh, possibly recommend. Um, well, I can tell you I'm pretty uncomfortable with that. <coughs> because, uh, first of all, it's the summer season. Councils don't usually meet. And the problem with municipalities that I found out in the last seven years in my municipal career is they're great at procrastinating and never coming to a decision so uh, I and from what I heard from this committee is you've got 60 days and you need to show that money in the bank and that's what the contractor is saying show me the money and I'll I'll start putting up the building for you 45 days now yeah we, we still but have we've two got other council meetings we have sure. some time your worship I would I would make the commitment to go up to Mackenzie County and talk to them. I, I'm probably not the best one because I deal with them through you, my you day know, job. You going up to Mackenzie County? I can make that commitment too, but it's it's not you that gets to decide who how Mackenzie County spends its money. Well, that, that's true, but we can is. we can we can make the request if they say no. We in our meeting in July, we can we can we can pass the motion then, and I would be comfortable with support. I don't know that I can support now unless because I don't think we've done enough to. To try to get some of those other richer municipalities to ante up a little bit. Well, I think the motion will be up to nine hundred and sixty-four thousand. So uh, you can still go to Mackenzie County. And, I, I, and I think the right. county we have to go to is Northern Sunrise. Yeah, I mean, it's coming out of here. So how soon do we put together a meeting with them on that regard? Well, uh, Mr. Parker, can you speak to that? Uh, what I do, if this motion gets passed tonight, I know uh, this uh, group is uh, meeting with them tomorrow. I would ask for a meeting uh, within one week. That's what I'd request. And uh, even if a couple of members are phoning in, because I know our deputy mayor is on the road quite a bit. But are you talking a meeting of the of the joint at the joint, uh, joint capital fund? So Correct. that yeah, so that's the mayor, the deputy, and the reeve, and the deputy, and yep. the CAOs. Yeah. Okay. So we're not trying to get every councillor no, around the no. table. It's, okay. It's just the committee. But that's why I think the motion from today needs to be that we support a request to take out up to nine hundred sixty-four thousand dollars on the joint capital fund, so that. These good people can go to their contractor and say, "Start building." Well, I do want to. I do want to say one thing. I mean, I did fundraising for the facility in Grimshaw, and I know, <laughs> I know how hard it is. So, you know, kudos for what you guys have done because that's you've raised a tremendous amount of money. And one of the things that we found too, and you've probably run up against this, is um, the argument about usage and is it viable and is it going to be used and 
what's it going to bring to the community? And I mean, we we got that for months after we opened, and you know, our rates weren't or our, our vacancies weren't where we expected them to be. But you know, now from what I'm told, they're full and and more so than right. Um, so again, it just kind of proves the need for these types of things to keep staying in our facility. I've heard a lot from you guys about. Um, it being a way to retain services at the hospital in Peace River and retain the type of treatments that we've that we've gotten, and I've heard that from a different a couple of different groups that I've come in contact about this project with. So, um, yeah. well, I'd like to pick up on that comment because I was going to make it. Uh, I was going to say something when Brent talked to, talked to that about um, keeping these services and building on these services and creating a. Uh, well, you didn't use the word health industry, but essentially we're trying to build a health campus out there. And I look at the city of Grand Prairie, and, and I go back to 1972 when they built a pulp mill there. Uh, I don't think that town was bigger than 15,000 people. So they, they uh, brought in a pulp mill, uh, world-class operation, uh, and then uh, they... Uh, they developed their oil and gas industry to the to the west, and they uh, and then the hospital industry came in, and now they're and I think those that that triad of industries helped grow that community to where it is today, which is uh, over fifty five thousand people in the city and twenty thousand in the surrounding surrounding area. So I I think it is a it is an it will be an economic driver. So. I, Certainly, I'm in support of it. Um, any last comments? Anybody wants to make? I guess I just want to go on record. I support the project, but I don't support the funds coming from the town without effort up front to, to, to talk to those other municipalities. Okay. Um, uh, we'll... Well, I, I'm not sure... Uh, I can... I think... Uh, Perhaps a couple of us talked about motions, but uh, I, I think uh, to maybe go back to the beginning, the motion would read uh, um, support a request to the Joint Capital Fund for up to $964,000 for the Rotary Hills project. Yeah. Okay, I'll call for a vote on that. Recorded vote, please. All in favor? In favor. Against? And Director. perhaps, uh, Your Worship, a second motion to direct administration to uh, do some further legwork uh, in their spare time. Uh, perhaps uh, target Mackenzie County and Clear Hills in particular. And uh, if they need some assistance, come and ask politicians for some help. But the request would be to direct administration to contact uh, neighboring municipalities uh, in that briefing note talk about the project and the urgency of some funding and if we can get some data to pass along that would be great um, so again uh, administration to contact uh, those two specific municipalities what about the uh, town of Fairview I do you think they use our medical facilities they use our movie theater we, we don't have enough debt uh, Data, data to yeah. confirm that it's actually all under they are working on that for us so by postal code so oh, that we okay. have more ammunition if you want to call it to go and approach uh, you know the different municipalities but at this stage we don't have it as of yet 
So well, you can tell where uh, where we're going with this. It's we're trying to soften that blow. So we'd uh, if we can put shoulder to stone and help roll it along, we'll we'll try and uh, try and find some extra extra dollars. And of course, if we get them, uh, uh, you're not going to get them. We're going to get the money. So just to be clear, <laughs> we're, we're 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 quite all right with that. Yeah, I, I I gathered you were. So uh, there's a, still your motion on the table to uh, request administration what develop a plan a plan or what I, I, I think a, a well you know the the material that the rotary group presented although perhaps the the map with some of the stuff is I think there's a pretty solid plan there I think perhaps uh, maybe just a, a strong letter um, signed by perhaps OCAO or certainly the mayor the deputy mayor a strong letter, sort of a briefing book style, similar to the the letter that the mayor wrote about a second bridge six months ago, and uh, and perhaps he could do the same. And uh, I don't think you have to relive all the details, but again, a personalized strong letter. And uh, I think it will take more than a letter, so I think uh, it'll have to be a group of us. That well, I I enjoy assigning work to the mayor and administration, so. Uh, uh, I'll throw it out there and I'll leave, leave so, it with the CAO. So what's, what's the motion to uh, develop a uh, plan to uh, canvas uh, 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 counties and towns outside the our tri-county area for uh, for additional uh, funds sure. for the Rotary House? All right, we can, broad, we can broaden the net, you bet. Okay, uh, all in favor? Uh, Deputy Mayor, I didn't hear you. She must have got cut off. Did we lose you, Elaine? I'm playing mute and not mute. <laughs> okay. So are you are you in agreement with that last motion? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Passed. Great. Thank you, Thank you very, uh, much. very much for every house. Thank you. Thank you. Does anybody want this? <laughs> so we uh, the next uh, group up is uh, birth matters for peace parents so, so I think you've gathered from the last presentation that we don't have any more money left so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you're going to think this project is just cute after that one. <laughs> like, oh, it's adorable. Um, I think we did send them. Um, we have a presentation here. We'll PowerPoint will plug in. Do we? Should we move this thing here? Oh, when you see it on your screens, got it. Well, thank you so much. Um, this will come up shortly here, but thank you so much for uh, allowing us to present today. Um, my name is Melanie Bacafichios, and I know some of you know me in a variety of capacities. Um, but today I'm here in my most important capacity, uh, my official capacity as a mom. Um, and with me today, I have my sister and a comrade here, and I'll let her introduce herself. <coughs> I'm Laura Bekovich, and I'm also here in my most important capacity as a mom. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So um, uh, we call ourselves Birth Matters for Peace Parents. We are a group of, of women, of moms, that came together in 2013, about three years ago. Uh, actually, after a municipal initiative at the library, it was a, a, a community conversation about um, maternity care alternatives. And so we, as a group, it generated quite a discussion. Uh, and after that, we organically began to meet again. Um, and so what we've begun to do is identify ourselves as the resurgence of the Peace Regional Childbirth Association that inevitably closed after people like Leslie Jasky and uh, Johanna Downing were at the helm of that organization for several years. And today, um, so our, we aim to enhance maternity care in the Peace Region, and of course we also provide peer support to one another as we meet. I mean, we're, we're moms and we're women, and we sometimes sit around in a circle and sing Kumbaya, as you will. <laughs> <coughs> so as a result of um, community consultations that we did, we, um, we identified short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals. Um, in the short-term... Um, we decided to, we wanted to provide local maternity care resources and dominantly online. And, and the feedback that we received was that women didn't know where to go to find the information and they didn't know what was available um, for, for women and families um, pertaining to pregnancy and maternity care. So we put together a website that um, puts all of the local resources together so that women can find everything in a centralized location. Um, our midterm goal um, is to develop and enhance prenatal training focusing on a third-party support person. We found that um, many people were not prepared for the experience of supporting somebody um, going through the laboring process. And a third-party support person would be, say, a mom or um, a friend or, or a sister. Um, we also found that um, hiring a doula was um, a, a barrier because of the cost, and so providing this training would um, would increase access to um, support people. Long term, we would also obviously um, we'd like to attract a midwife to the peace region. In terms of our activities and accomplishments, we'd like to just let you know what we've been up to um, over the last three years. Um, provincially, uh, we've had an ongoing relationship with um, MCAN, which is a provincial um, advocacy body. MCAN stands for Maternity Care Consumers of Alberta Network. We've recently also sent a letter to the health minister requesting that 40 courses of care be allocated to the Peace Region. We sent that in, in April 2016. Um, locally, we've um, had engagement with diverse stakeholders. So we've had public health um, engaged with us. We've had nurses. We've had members of tribal council. And we even had physicians attend our meetings. Um, in August of 2014, we um, hosted a listening campaign in conjunction with MCAN. MCAN did a, a tour and a listening campaign, which they I think they went to seven communities across the province. Peace River was the only community in northwestern Alberta that they went to, and the feedback that we received was that Peace River was the only community that had a physician attend, and there was various um, um, health care professionals that came to the campaign, so it was very successful. 
Um, as a result of the campaign, MCAN was able to put together a report which they submitted to um, the provincial or to the province. And after that report was submitted, we were able to do community consultations, and that happened in December of 2014. Um, throughout the, the conversation, we were able to identify um, we were able to identify the needs of the community, and, and from there we were able to establish what our, what our short-term and, and medium-term and long-term goals are. We've also um, attended consultations for the new clinic, and we've had a member that was on the Alberta Health Advisory Council. Um, in terms of local projects, we, we developed a website, which, which I mentioned before, and we recently submitted a proposal to um, obtain funding through Status Women Canada, and we're hoping that if we receive the funding, it, it would really help us to move our initiatives forward. So in terms of maternity care, um, what we found over the last three years is that there's a significant amount of pressure that's being put on the Peace River Hospital currently. Um, this is as a result of, number one, a baby boom. And I'm sure there's a number of reasons why something like that happens. Um, and also because there were, are a number of maternity wards around the region that, <laughs> that have closed down, such as in, in Manning, as well as in High Prairie. So those mothers are coming to Peace River to, uh, for labor and delivery. Um, also, the, so the number of births at the Peace River Hospital has grown from 250 to 519. So it's more than doubled in the last few years. Um, and currently there are 1,900 pregnant women in Alberta today that are sitting on a waiting list uh, looking, for, uh, looking to access midwifery services. Uh, and those are just women who have the opportunity to perhaps access midwifery services. No one up north is putting their name on any list because it's just not around. Um, the number of physicians in labor and delivery at the same simultaneously has been decreasing. So it's putting a significant amount of pressure on the system and it's maxing out our doctors. Um, and so there, but it's also important for us to note that there are midwives practicing in every AHS zone, uh, although 90% of them are practicing in urban areas. So us in uh, rural Alberta, we're kind of getting the shaft, for lack of better words. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> So what is midwifery? Um, midwives have been traditional caregivers since the dawn of time. And today, when midwives are primary caregivers of low-risk births. Um, they practice evidence-based, family-centered care, often in hospitals and in birth centers and sometimes um, at home. And um, in Alberta, Mount Royal University has the only four-year program available, and it's highly competitive to get into. They also provide care for a maximum of 40 courses of care, so they can only, they can only care for 40 women per year, and that's just so that they can um, provide um, the personalized care that um, they've committed to. And they can also attend, they can be a second attendant at 40 additional births because they need two midwives present. And it's probably also important to note that uh, a midwife can only take on a low-risk birth. So, and she has to be within 15 minutes of a surgical unit. So um, there is actually a, a, a midwife in high level practicing. I mean, why is there a midwife in high level in Autumn Peace River? Great question. We've been asking the same question. Um, but she can only, if she's going to do a home birth, she has to be within 15 minutes. So anyhow, why would a woman choose 
midwifery. Why would a woman choose to be under the care of a midwife? Well, of course, it's safe and evidence-based. We've already covered that. But really what it comes down to is that a midwife is a well-trained professional who can provide that medical support, but then also all of the emotional support. So she is with you from your first appointment all the way through to labor and delivery. She's with you through that whole process the birth, and then postpartum support. So she is able to provide bre- uh, breastfeeding support as well as um, she's, a, she's trained to look for signs of postpartum depression. So it's you build that really trusting relationship. Um, now, other reasons why we might choose w- midwifery is because uh, the in- intervention rates with a, a midwife is considerably lower. And what we mean by intervention is uh, perhaps inducing a woman to you know, get her into labor, ASAP. Um, epidurals or C-sections are also examples of, um, of interventions. And, of course, as we mentioned, midwifery is in really high demand, including in the peace, in the peace country. And we've heard all kinds of stories throughout our, uh, the last three years of speaking with women. Um, there are a number of women who are traveling to Edmonton to access, access this service or temporarily relocating to BC or somewhere where it's provided. Uh, and f- finally, you get all of this for the low, low price of way cheaper than a physician. So um, at the end of the day, it's more efficient on on the uh, government purse. So in Alberta, just 5% of babies are delivered by a midwife. And if we compare that to to our neighboring province of BC, um, they're at 19%, and the national um, average is is 9%, 9%. So we're a little bit behind the times in terms of uh, midwifery care. up until recently, midwifery graduates were leaving the province because um, there wasn't funding available. Um, there hasn't been in steady increases to um, the midwifery budget. Um, but until recently, there's been some some um, additional funding that's been added. Um, also, midwives are paid from a di- different budget than physicians. Midwives are paid through Alberta Health Services, and there's a cap on the budget. So there's only a certain number of courses of care that are um, allowed per year and physicians are paid through Alberta Health and they have no limit to the number of um, births that they can bill for. Um, recently there's there's an opportunity that, that has presented itself. The Alberta government has committed to a multi-year increase to the mid- midwifery budget equivalent to 400 additional courses of care per year. Yeah, over the next three years. Over the next three years. <clears throat> So, of course, we see this as, as an opportunity in the next three years to advocate to the provincial government and request that um, they allocate the, at least 40 courses of care, so enough for one midwife to come to the Peace Region and practice. Um, as Laura mentioned, we have been out talking with um, our MLA. Uh, we have sent a letter to the health minister, and we were able to have a little quick conversation with her. Um, and we've, uh, we're meeting with the PCN. We've engaged with physicians and um, we are determined to make this happen. So there's a couple of ways that this has been done in the province. First of all, the first way is to advocate to the province, request the 40 courses of care. And if we are lucky enough to, to have them allocate them to us, just like they've done in High Level and Lac La Biche, then we'll, we'll be able to recruit a midwife. Uh, in these two cases, they work in partnership with the PCN. 
Um, the other option is to bring forth a proposal to Alberta Health. If they are, they say, you know what, we've we've allocated all of these courses of care. Our budget is is capped uh, and at its max. Then there are instances in the province where uh, uh, diverse stakeholder groups partner and bring a proposal forward to the province and then they're able to have it funded through Alberta Health rather than Alberta Health Services who of course Laura mentioned are, uh, funds all of midwifery care at the, at the moment. Um, and we've been told that the province is seeking alternative funding models uh, and that rural midwifery is a priority. So we need to just put it out there uh, in terms of uh, making that request and making it known that women in the Peace Region are looking to access this service. Um, of course, we think that uh, we could work with uh, Peace River or Grimshaw would be a great place to have a midwife because it's within um, close proximity to the Peace River Hospital, where it is, which is, of course, the only place where labor and delivery happens. Um, and we'd, of course, make sure that the midwife had hospital privileges. So how you can help us, and we're not asking for any money, we're asking for support. Um, we, 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 we want to make it known to the province that uh, women in the Peace Region are seeking this, uh, seeking this type of service and this option for, uh, for maternity care. And we would ask that you would join us in uh, writing letters of support, of course. We've also secured uh, meetings with all of, our, all of the municipalities in the, in the Peace Region. Uh, we've already been to the town of Grimshaw, and tomorrow we'll be in the MDFP. Um, uh, so uh, to the the stakeholders that are listed here, listed here. So the Minister of Health, um, MLA Jabor and McQuig Boyd, as well as AHS and the AAM, and we could of course provide the uh, the contact information. And secondly, the other way is that if you're at the table of the new clinic build and that happens to come to fruition, and the topic of midwifery comes up, we would appreciate your support to say this is something positive, and we've heard from women in the Peace Region, and we know that this is something that they're asking for. And that's it. So questions or comments? Sorry, you said you had talked to the local physicians about this, and I'm assuming it's been supportive? We, what we hear from the local physicians is that the, the budget has been capped till just this recent budget announcement. Um, and I think that there's different um, degrees of comfort with the idea. So, you know... Um, we have had physicians, the physicians that attend our meetings are very supportive. Okay. So getting them hospital privileges isn't going to be a it's hurdle? It's been done in other jurisdictions, so I don't see why it can't happen here. And that happens at the local level, or that ha happens at a broader level? The bylaws were changed in 2014, so that it, it's permitted throughout the province, but I do think there is a local process that has to be undertaken right. as So well. basically you would go through like a Karen Lundgaard or whatever and get approval. Oh, who's the manager of the hospital? That's or is it Robert Keeley? I think it's a lady. Oh, okay. Sandra Harrett? Yeah. Oh, Sandra. Sandra. Oh, okay. Yes. That's okay. what we've been told. We don't know for sure. but Okay. Yeah. But it is at the local level that you still need to get those approvals. They can basically determine on their own whether or not that's something that they're going to allow? Is that sort of how it happens? I, I think, think so, because yeah. that's okay. how they did it in high level. They just they worked with AHS locally, so I would assume it would be the same here. Okay. Once they had the funding approved. But, you know, people are somewhat hesitant to enter into discussion unless they know there's dollars there. But we're seeing the funding on the horizon, and if we don't say to the province, 
hey guys, we're interested in some of that, um, then it'll be allocated to other parts of the province because the demand is so vast. I'm smart enough to stay out of this topic, but <laughs> but, but, I, but I will but, but I but I will ask. So you okay. you had some specific data: 519 uh, new mums at the Peace River Hospital. So can you give us your postal codes? Well, we received this information directly from the hospital. Yeah, so I was afraid. I was afraid you were going to say that. Um, it, this just goes back to Rotary House. I'm, I'm still stuck. You see, so. That, that's what that's what my point is. We're, uh, so that was my question. So so the number that you got was just given to you by medical staff at, yes. at the piece of well, we No, we actually received like a report. A, a report. It wasn't just verbally given to us. What kind of a report? Um, was it a, the um, maternity care enhancement? No, some kind of enhancement plan for medical care in the we had um, a one of our members participate on a, a patient mapping process and then she was part of a subcommittee around lactation support so yeah. they we received her final report from that like I said I'm smart enough to stay out of this topic uh, I, I was interested in sort of something on attached to what your comments were but good good luck what were you interested in <laughs> Well, like I, how many of these women are in, from the town of Peace River? Is yeah, that what I, you mean? Yeah, the postal codes of those mums. Well, they're coming from a large geographical area because to, from to, High Prairie to Fairview to Manning sure. in that geographical so, area. Mm -hmm. We don't I'm, know I'm, specifically. I'm, dig I'm digressing here, but you did hear the Rotary discussion before. So we're made a, a made... We're not asking for money. We're asking uh, no. for support. <laughs> <laughs> and if we get all of your support, he's, he's going in a different I, I, direction. I, I, I'm he's trying to figure out where the patients I, are coming from so that, oh, that he so can so make... That you can, yeah. I'm a, you're <laughs> asking money. me for support. I can write all kinds <laughs> of letters of support. support. I'm asking right. you for support like to tell available. us where those numbers it come from. It might be available. It's that probably would be available. worth yeah. asking. The, but so, no, it so didn't we'll come trade, with a number. So we'll trade you letters. And that was 2015 numbers? or the? Do you know? Yeah, 519 was from 2015. So I'm, um, yeah, I've got a couple of questions on this. So 40 courses of care. So who delivers these courses of care? Is it going to be Northern Lakes or how, how is that delivered? I, I don't understand that part. What, what do you mean? 40 courses So they of allocate care. 40 courses of care. That would be, um, so she can uh, care for 40 births. Of, a midwife could care for 40 births. Now, where her, she's okay. based. So these aren't courses. These are No, 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 patients. not courses, patients. <laughs> but they call them courses of care. <laughs> and that's how they're paid, by, the, by course okay. of care. Okay. Okay. So 40 patients, you got that. So, um, well, we, we, we're still trying to recruit physicians, so, and we're not having a great deal of success. We're so. actually not having bad success okay. right now. Oh, good. You'll have to give us a briefing on that. Uh, but uh, I, I think one of our, and, and I think Tanning sort of touched on it, some of this midwifery stuff can become somewhat political uh, between doctors and midwives. Um, so 
you're asking us for a letter of support, but we don't want to weigh in where we're tread on AH's toes. I, I'm a little reluctant to get into this. You know, I don't think that Alberta Health necessarily has a quote-unquote opinion. Um, I think that midwifery in the province is becoming a norm. And, you know, it, it is a business, right? Everybody gets paid fee-for-service, including the physicians. Um, although some of the physicians have put caps on what they're willing to do every month in Peace River. They've said, you know, in terms of lifestyle, I, and even professionally, I want to be able to have, uh, why they choose rural me medicine is to be able to have a, a broad scope of, of um, practice so that they can do eMERGE and they can uh, work in, uh, on committees and develop programs and they can also do uh, maternity care. So they've put caps on what, they, what they'll accept and they've let the PCN know that. So, you know... It, but it is fee-for-service, and it's delicate. Um, one story I will tell you, we met with Clark from the PCN in high level, and um, he was kind of the champion up north why and why the, that midwife ended up getting those courses of care allocated and why she's practicing there now. Um, they had three doctors who w were delivering um, 600 births up north, and they had the same apprehensions. And then... When they knew that the midwife was coming, um, now it's been a year. So there was a little, that those concerns were expressed. Now it's been a year, and what Clark told us is the physicians say, well, they took the 40 moms that are kind of like the hippies that ask a lot of questions. So... You know, we're everyone's happy with it now. But, you know, it's working out, th working things out procedurally as well. That, and we've heard that even from the physicians that are, um, that are in favor of it. They say, well, we can understand the apprehensions. And so, you know, and at the same time, I also have a feeling that's like, I'm the patient. And really, if we're going to be patient-centered, like as a woman, as mothers, if we're patient-centered and genuinely patient-centered, and there's 1,900 women with uh, their names on a waiting list, how the politics mm -hmm. flesh out to me is what it is. And if it's somewhat controversial, we're the women that are standing up saying, we're the patients, and this is what we'd like to see enough that there's a local group that is put together to ask for this and to advocate for this. So if the town went to the PCN here and said, we want to write this letter in support of uh, Birth Matters for Peace Parents and, and ask for a midwife to be stationed here in either Peace River or Grimshaw, do you think the PCN will say, yes, please, write that letter? Great question. Um, we are meeting with the PCN. <laughs> We're meeting with the PCN on the 23rd. And again, I think that it will be divided and it will really depend on who you ask. So, but I can tell you that um, at least from the women that are in our group and there are many women in that are meeting with their MLAs trying to looking, seeking this type of right. option. Women and like I said, in the area. Leaving to have their Peace babies. River. Yes. Leaving. Yes. You had mentioned that you had some of the physicians you talked to did show support. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do you have any letters from them? Uh, I guess we could supporting probably. supporting. 
I don't know if they would publicly be willing. I mean, we could ask. Yeah. But we could certainly ask if that's something that you wanted to see. We're trying to establish a medical center with the PCN, so we, we'd want to be on side with the PCM before we... Uh... Actually, you know, another thing I'll mention, too, is we were invited to participate in a letter to the health minister as soon as, uh, this time last year, um, where the PCN invited us to, to sign a letter outlining all of the needs that there are in Peace River. Uh, and so they outlined our group, the needs of maternity care, as well as our desire for a midwife. And that was sent to the minister as well. So... Um, but if you would like that, we can certainly keep in touch with you after we meet with the PCN. I, I don't know how, to, how does everyone feel. That, I think we'd prefer something from the PCN. Maybe the deputy mayor wants to weigh in on that one. Deputy mayor. Are you still there, Elaine? I'm still here, yes. Well, you've been working on the, the clinic Yes, and uh, as far as I understand, um, they have submitted business plans to the minister and so on, and I'm not positive the details, some of the details of that business plan. So I don't know if midwives are uh, mentioned within that or not. And... Can I also, I'll just state this as well. 40 courses of care allocated to the region does not necessarily force the PCN to take on 40 courses. Mm -hmm. What it does is give us an opportunity to attract a midwife who could perhaps set up their own business. It could be a standalone clinic. Um, I mean, how that's perceived in uh, the medical community is um, not something I can weigh in on mm -hmm. personally or really care that much about if I'm being honest uh, as the person who can you know is the patient mm -hmm. but the bottom line if if that 519 is correct which I believe it is that's you're asking 40 courses is less than 10 percent it's like 8 percent or 9 percent I mean th any one doctor's not even gonna notice that good so. point yes and women will travel for this type of service. I mean, when Northern women are traveling to Edmonton. So um, it's quite possible that a midwife would take on patients from Fairview or Grimshaw or some of those other communities. They're not going to just be siphoning from. Or that right. 519 would go up to 560 or right. whatever. It, that could be. Which could mean women coming to Peace River and shopping at our local businesses. <laughs> <laughs> coming for appointments and staying for a couple of days. At Rotary House, no less. Hey, anything's possible. Yeah, I think we'd, before we wade in, well, personally, I, um, if somebody wants to make a motion, but uh, personally, I, th I think I'd like to see the PCN say, yeah. Please, uh, please support uh, the birth matters for peace parents. Mm -hmm. um, Not birth matters for peace parents. They support us, but this particular initiative for or midwifery. For midwifery. Mm -hmm. I just feel personally, I'd feel more comfortable. And I don't know where where other people at. I guess I should check with my wife. Like she had four kids here, so I don't know, and they're gender practitioners, so I. I, I'm not sure she prefers that or not. She's kind of different there. But I, I think 
women should have the option if they want to choose choose a, a midwife as opposed to a doctor. I think that's their right, and you know, as counsel, I think we should support that. I mean, I don't think we're going to piss the doctors off and they're going to move or anything. So, well, there are nurses that this is their specialty. So I that's why I'm I'm a little confused why we actually need a midwife. When there are nurses, that's their specialty. They go to school okay, for I'd love years. to answer that question. Well, so, go ahead. Let me, exp <laughs> let me just paint the picture. If you are a woman who lives in Grimshaw, let's just say you're a woman who lives in Grimshaw and you decide to work with a physician from Grimshaw because you can go to the Grimshaw Clinic and it's right down the block. Um, you're going to see this physician from 12 weeks up to 36 weeks, at which time you will then be referred to another physician team. Um, one of two or three, or two, I think, at this point. There's two physician teams. So at 36 weeks, you go once a week. Um, and so you may or may not meet the guy who is on call when you go into labor. So you might not know this person. The nurses that you're speaking of are people that you just meet when you walk in the door in excruciating pain. So... You know, when you have a midwife, you meet her at 12 weeks. She helps you make informed decisions. You spend 30 to 60 minutes in an, apart, in a, in a, an appointment with her. In my circumstance, before I moved to Peace River, I spent the first half of my pregnancy in Manitoba under the care of a midwife. Little did I know I had won the lottery. So I would walk to the back of the clinic, and then all the lights were dim, and there was like pillows everywhere, and she was like hugging me and my best friend. <laughs> and so by the time I left, she was like, but we've bonded already. And so, you know, imagine having that relationship for seven months, then you go into uh, a, you know a hormonal wreck. Meet the same woman who's there with you throughout all of labor and delivery. Now, when you go in to the piece of her hospital in labor, you work with the nurses throughout your labor, and then when at some point the doctor or the physician will attend the the birth when you get closer to delivery. If you're a woman from Grimshaw, it may or may not be someone that you've met before. And the nurses are likely not people that you've met before because they're the hospital nurses, not the clinic nurses. And then postpartum, you have a woman who visits your home and you may or may not be having difficulties with breastfeeding and may or may not require that support. And you may be an emotional wreck and she is your friend at this point, and she supports you for at least 10 days to six weeks. That's why. And it's less expensive than a physician. So are you going to tell us the stories that doctors relate to us about uh, home births that end up being uh, medical emergencies? Well, there are no home births taking place in Peace River currently. Currently. There are none, so I don't know well, about those stories. Yeah, I don't really want to get into a discussion about the safety of home births. The government in, of, of the UK has actually advised women to have home births rather than be in hospital, but we're not going to get into that discussion. <laughs> and women can choose. It's informed choice. Yeah, it's a choice. You know, a lot of women will feel more comfortable birthing in hospital, especially at this stage. It's not commonplace for a woman to birth at home. Um, but they, a lot of, um, you know, like I mentioned in high level, they'll ensure that you're within 15 minutes 
to transport you to uh, the hospital if need be. Well, I guess you, you, you feel pretty comfortable. I'd feel pretty comfortable if, uh, if you got the PCN to, uh, to, to tell us to support you. That's, that's what I'd need to make me feel comfortable. But maybe perhaps the other counselors don't. But, um, but thanks for your presentation. We'll, we'll go from there. I, I would also like to note that we're constituents, we're residents of the town, and we've come together to ask for this option, and we've had three years of history um, of advocating for midwifery, and it's evidence-based care, and it's not in competition with doctor care, and I just think that maybe we should take note of that, and we're asking for options for women. Just a quick question: the, the letter of support that you're requesting, you don't like, don't like need it right tomorrow. Like, it, you're not time contingent on this letter. Well, we'd like it sooner rather than later, but no, it's not. There's no time limit on it. No. So I do, I do, I do tend to agree with Councillor Burr. I think the choice should be yours. However, mm -hmm. before I make my decision on anything, I'd like to see the other information that uh, His Worship is speaking about. Is this something that you would like to see from council as a whole, or individual councillors, or what? I'm assuming your preference is council as a whole, signed by the mayor? That would be the preference, although, okay. I mean, <laughs> we're open to other options. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Great. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. We have a, uh, another pre presentation from MNP, uh, 2015 audited financial statements. Well, I can't believe all those people weren't here to listen to me. Likewise, I can't believe that either. <laughs> Mayor, if I could ask, is there any sort of handout or um, screen presentation? Uh, Elaine, I've got copies of the financial statements. That, that we can send. Oh, okay. If, it, if it's a great deal of effort, I will uh, look at the hard copy when I get home and follow along. Elaine, uh, yes. Councilor, Council Manser, uh, Deputy Mayor Manser, can you uh, uh, receive a uh, PDF document if we send it to you right away? I think so, yes. Okay, we'll have one sent to you. Thank you. So it'll take about five minutes. Yes. Sure. We'll recess for five minutes. They're going to be here hopefully by next spring. We will reconvene. And we will reconvene for the highlight of the night. The Town of Peace River audited financial statement for the fiscal year ending December 31st, 2015. And we will...
I'm welcoming MNP Sherry Anderson, right? Anderson. Peterson. I was I knew it was Swedish. <laughs> Welcome, Sherry. Thank you very much. Um, so I think everybody should have a copy of the financial statements in front of you. Um, I really don't want to take up a lot of everybody's time tonight and, and go through things in, in a lot, a lot of detail. So I would just like to kind of go through things fairly high level, highlight some of the sort of obvious changes and, and obvious numbers. Um, if people have any questions, they can ask uh, away if I don't have the information right in front of me now, which sometimes I don't. If it's a really detailed question, um, I'll get back to you as, as soon as I can on them. Uh, so if we can, we might as well start on, on the one that's page three down at the bottom, Consolidated Statement of Financial Position, so uh, the, the fancy name for Municipal Balance Sheet. Um, and just a, a reminder, especially when it comes to the, the statement of financial position, that these are the consolidated ones. So it also has uh, the, the town's three-sevenths share of uh, uh, Peace Regional Waste Management Company um, in, in these numbers. Um, I've divided them out as well as I can. Um, in some places, uh, it's on the face of the statements. In some places, it's back in the notes. Um, but the information is there to be able to, to pull out their numbers. Um, so just uh, kind of starting through their uh, cash and cash equivalents of, of 14.8 million, about 1.2 of that is uh, waste management company, uh, and the rest are our town funds, uh, including the, the your half of the the joint capital uh, account, things like that. Taxes and grants in lieu of uh, taxes, uh, 2.9 million. Now of that, 2.7 is local improvement uh, taxes that, of course, are going to be collected over. Uh, the period of time that uh, the, the debentures are outstanding for those local improvements. So in terms of, um, you know, sort of more, more current ones, uh, people that have overdue taxes, uh, about 250000 Receivable from other governments, uh, the $3.1 million, uh, and that's essentially all uh, small communities funding receivable that's been set up. So the, the costs have been, been incurred on some of those projects, um, and applications have been made to, to collect those, those amounts in. So, so that's what uh, the uh, $3 million there is. Um, and then also in so you trade and other receivables, big number there, um, but the bulk of that is uh, ACAP funding, 6.7 uh, in ACAP funding, which has already been received and, and that money's been collected and, and the, the cash is, is there. Um, other amounts in there, um, 500000 or so in GST uh, recoverable, which again should already be collected uh, um, with, with those filings being done. Uh, and everything else is, is kind of smaller from there, your utilities and, and things along those lines. Uh, land inventory and long-term investments, um, same old uh, balances there, nothing much for movement. So total financial assets, things that should be cash or, or convertible to cash fairly quickly, uh, about $30 million. On the liability side, uh, accounts payable of, of $4.2 million. Um, and a good chunk of that, about 1.7, are sort of construction um, projects kind of later in the year payables related to, to those types of things. Um, at December 31st, there was 400000 in the, the last quarter of RCMP. 
uh, which of course is done. About half a million in uh, holdbacks, again on the capital projects, so depending on where the status is on those, they are, those may or may not be paid as of, as of today. Um, about 150,000 building permits payable, you know, and it kind of goes, goes down from, from those numbers. Uh, deposit liabilities uh, is mainly uh, building permits, uh, utilities, things like that that you've received deposits on. Deferred revenue of, of 7.1 million. Um, almost half of that is MSI funding. So MSI funding that you've received um, that is to be used for capital projects in, in the coming year. Uh, there's also uh, $2 million of Alberta funding for, I believe, the utility slide. Um, is is in that as well. So so that's a big chunk of, of what's in that deferred deferred revenue amount. Uh, employee benefit obligations. So that's your vacation uh, payable out. Um, we we don't uh, currently set up for accrued sick time uh, mainly because that requires a bunch of actuarial work and and all those kinds of things. Uh, but we do set up the the vacation payable. Uh, Long-term debt, 13 million. So that's all uh, town. Most of that's uh, debentures. There is the small uh, bank loan for the library, uh, but the bulk of it is is debenture debt. The next two items um, are your portions from uh, waste management company. So due to related party, um, they they have some money with Northern Sunrise County back and forth, uh, and then the post closure liability uh, again for for future costs to to close uh, out the landfill. Okay, so net financial uh, assets at the end, very similar to, to last year, 3.2 million. Uh, tangible capital assets, uh, the town is uh, 105 million, so again, that's uh, net book value, um, may or may not have anything to do with fair market value, um, and really, because the bulk of the town's assets are, are streets and water sewer lines, um, it's probably nowhere close to fair market value, because people aren't really lining up to buy those. Um, the three million dollars uh, waste management company and, and sort of the same the same issue with them that's their net book value, uh, some some prepaid expenses. So we get down to the bottom of, of 111 million accumulated surplus, and so that'll be uh, your reserve balance, your equity in in your tangible capital assets is the bulk of that number, and then the unrestricted fund. Okay. On to the. Um, Consolidated Statement of Financial Activities, page 4. So this is our, our income statement. Um, and again, I'm, I'm just kind of going to go through and, and kind of the, the highlights on there. Uh, property taxes up from prior year, but that was included in your, your budget, factoring in, I think, for some future capital projects and, and things like that. User fees, very similar. Uh, waste management companies down quite a bit. Uh, of course, a lot of their activity is industrial. Uh, and with the slowdown, um, they, they saw a big hit in, in their revenues in 2015. Um, transfers for operating, so that's your, your provincial mainly um, operating grants. Um, and a little bit extra there um, the, in the community services, an extra 375 or so kind of for, for an extra um, departmental stuff there. And the rest was fairly similar to, to last year as, as operating tends to be, tends to be fairly consistent. Um, the penalties and the costs on taxes, so included in that not only is it the, the penalties on the taxes but things like your bylaw, um, and with the new uh, radar enforcement, um, that's sort of the, the big change that was um, about 340-ish thousand is kind of the, the difference you see there. Franchise, very similar. Um, for, for the other revenues, um, there's, there's a couple of 
um, kind of one-time things in there. Um, some uh, insurance proceeds, I think about 300000 or so uh, insurance proceeds for recreation stuff. Um, and 434000 of um, some funding for uh, road, I think, maintenance and, and things like that. So those are kind of one-timers uh, that we're probably not going to see that, that bump up uh, those this year. Um, but at the end of the day, um, $23 million in, in operating uh, money, which was quite similar to, to what was budgeted for it overall. Um, and into, into the expense side, um, legislative, um, you know, grants to groups on, on year end will kind of fluctuate year to year, tough to, to budget for. Um, and and the the thing, especially on on the expenses to to look when we're comparing budget to actual, is uh, the town's not currently budgeting for amortization. So a lot of times you'll see in some categories there's there's really big changes. Um, the main one being transportation. If you look, the difference between budget and actual is a big about three point six million, while amortization for the transportation section is about three point seven three point eight million in that range. So that's essentially your difference right there. Okay. Um, same with water supply. Uh, that's about seven hundred thousand in amortization. Um, takes care of a, a big chunk of that. Wastewater treatment and disposal. There was a fair bit that was uh, budgeted for repairs and maintenance in twenty fifteen that uh, weren't weren't needed. Uh, moving down, um, waste management company, uh, public health and economic development. Again, with that additional funding that uh, we had on the operating side for for them um, they had spent expenses related to to that uh, area as well um, recreation and parks and again kind of going through um, you know little increases in wages here and there nothing really big uh, some expenses ski hill related things like that um, kind of factor into into the variances there um, so uh, total expenses of, of $26 million, um, and let me just find my amortization number real quick here. I think it's five, six and a half. So again, if we take uh, the, the budgeted of 19 and a half and add the, the unbudgeted uh, amortization of six and a half, it was running fairly close to, to what was budgeted. Okay. Uh, so, so the operating um, shortfall there of of three million, but again included in that is the six and a half uh, of amortization, right? So, uh, if we take that that non-cash expense out, uh, we're we're ahead of the game. Coming into sort of our capital end, uh, development levies and other contributions, uh, big number, uh, but fourteen million of that is shell contributions to the airport um, projects. So, so that's uh, again the the big difference on on that end. Um, government transfers for capital, and again, a lot of that is sort of based on uh, what what projects uh, happened. Um, Twenty million budgeted overall for that, uh, but the only projects that um, kind of had capital costs for this year, there was about two million uh, in the the transport. Uh, department and about 3.8 in uh, the water um, so the transport of course would be airport kind of stuff uh, and the water would be the Pats Creek repairs um, so so that's sort of the the capital grants that were applied for this year that was that was what what they were for okay so then we have uh, the 
the surplus there of, of the 18.9 uh, and again the difference between the budget to the actual is largely for the capital projects that were budgeted for that that didn't uh, didn't happen fully this year and we end up with the 111 million uh, accumulated surplus again okay um, I'm not going to look at the next page very much, page five, other than um, this one sort of highlights the um, capital purchases this year. So $24 million, um, in capital purchases, and over half of that was for airport stuff. I think about 13-ish million uh, was, was airport of, of your capital projects this year. Okay. Um, the next page, page six, is the cash flows, and again, this just kind of breaks it up. The first chunk there, operating, so that's cash in from your property taxes, from your grants, all that kind of thing. So, so cash in flow into the bank this year was about twenty million. Uh, cash out for again mainly capital purchases, about twenty five uh, million dollars uh, in debt loans. Uh, there was a new um, debenture taken this year for three pieces of equipment. Um, so, so that was uh, some um, cash inflow there. So, net cash outflow for the year, four point four million. Okay, the next page is a sideways one, um, accumulated surplus. So again, that breaks down that hundred and eleven million into our our restricted surplus, which is our reserves. Uh, our, our equity intangible capital assets, which is basically our net book value less the debt that offsets against it. Um, and what's left at the end of the day is unrestricted available for use um, that, that hasn't been set aside for, for particular purposes, um, other than some of it may be um, sitting in deferred revenues. Um, so the, the external funders may have allocated it to particular purposes. Okay. Uh, the next page is also a sideways one, page eight, um, and this one just breaks down the tangible capital assets for the town. Uh, this schedule is strictly for the town, um, and you can see by uh, category uh, how much was added in each year, how much we've got work in progress by, by type, uh, how much amortization we have by, by each category. So you can see we're, we're depreciating uh, our engineered structures, which again is our, our roads and our water sewer lines, uh, is, is the bulk of our, our depreciation, 3.6 uh, million this year. Um, so again, that just breaks that out into, into categories. Page nine, uh, property taxes levied. Again, nothing uh, earth shattering there. I'm not going to go into that into great detail. Uh, page 10 is the government transfer. So this just breaks down so you can see for your operating uh, where it's coming from, provincial, federal, uh, or joint uh, agreements with, with uh, local counties mainly, um, and how much is, is capital. The next page, page 11. Um, so the first um, income statement that we looked at, that broke out your expenses by department. So you could see it by transportation, um, parks and recreation, things like that. Um, and this one breaks them down by uh, type of expense. So your salaries, wages, contract, and general services. Um, and, and this one, for the most part, you can really sort of see um, how close to budget most things were. Um, you know, overall, the, the salaries and, and contract services, everything like that, uh, were, were very close. The, the big difference being the amortization of 6.5 between um, yourself and, and waste management uh, that isn't budgeted for. Um, and in 
uh, sort of your, your other expenses, that would be things like um, library grants, the taxi pass program expenses go through there. Um, again, some of those ski hill things um, were, were in there. Uh, but otherwise, everything else lines up actually really quite well to, to budget for the year. The next page um, is one that is is useful, and, and I quite like it now. The, the only sort of caveat to it is um, to remember that the government transfers on the revenue line there includes your capital, uh, whereas we don't expense uh, your capital expenses. We just expense the amortization, the depreciation. Um, but, you know, if, if you want to just look at it from sort of the operating point of view, um, you can kind of take that, that line out and really see better how each department is, um, you know, managing their expenses and where, where their money is coming from. And I think that's probably what I want to go through. The rest uh, of the, the notes um, are just kind of a little bit more detail on um, that stuff that I've talked about. Uh, again, breaking out, you know, the bank balances, uh, breaking out the long-term debt, um, you know, how much is debenture, how much you have to pay over the next five years, um, things, things like that. So if, if anybody has questions on those, uh, we can talk about that. But. So if there's, <coughs> there's dead silence, Sherry, so can I throw one at you while everybody's collecting <laughs> their <laughs> while thoughts? While they're thinking of more. Well, yeah, no, but, well, and more clever. So I, 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 get the, uh, I get the part nine company story. So um, introduce the term Peace Regional Airport Society mm -hmm. and, th and then just pause. So when we talk about tangible capital assets, you talk about water, sewer, infrastructure. Do we report uh, airport um, like the runways and Afrin stuff? Yes, so we do, okay. Yes, and so they would be under those engineered structures. The, that's the, under the yeah. runway would be. The terminal building, of course, would be under buildings, but um, the um, the runway and I believe the lighting, you know, that kind right. of and, stuff. And we've d so, so we've done a number of work. Thanks to, to Shell, the, one of the small things I would offer them. Uh, they did do some upgrades at the airport and the federal government. So now we've got a society. So is, is, will this financial statement, so next year we've got some income coming in from our neighbors. So I guess the question is, does, does that show up? You, you, you make a point of differentiating the part nine portion here. So now we're a society, or I'm sorry, there's the management of the facilities under society. So does that, do you change something in here to, to reflect this new management body? Uh, and I would have to take a look at the agreement. The, sort of the preliminary discussions I've had is that the town is going to maintain yes. ownership of that and it will be, you know, a lease to, to that um, and that the town will be recovering operating right, costs that's my related, understanding. Right. related to that. Right. So if that's the case, then it's not going to impact It should be your, in, in oats. It's not going to impact your capital assets, your TCA, because you'll still have ownership to it. Um, there will be basically another... Um, revenue source in terms of the funding that right. you're getting to offset right. your operating So we'll expenses. get a, so there'll be a 60% increase in the funding and um, okay. All right, I, I, I guess we'll look next year. But I, I guess the question was whether or not that's going to trip up uh, your work somehow and it sounds as though this, this isn't foreign to you. You can, 
you'll you'll be able to sort this out. Yeah, and and it's the way it's done will actually be the easiest way for me if if what had happened was the society was then going to take over um, the the assets, then that requires a bit more work because right. then I have to move assets out, you know, determine values and, and do that kind of stuff. But really, if all we're doing is leasing it for, you know, a set dollar amount and, you know, recovering some operating costs, uh, that's okay. not terribly right. complicated good, on good. my end. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that conversation. So I have a question on page nine on the uh, property taxes levied. So the linear property taxes... Like that's only 1.5 percent of what we get from our property tax. Is that am I? Yes, which which isn't unusual for an urban municipality. When you look at like a county, there it's really different number. Like Bert. how much different? Like there theirs can be actually almost reversed. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then the other question I have is on Schedule 4, other local governments, that, that $1.2 million, that's reflective of the funding, grants, whatever, that comes from uh, our different agreements with the, with the rural neighbors. Th mostly. That's, that's correct, yes. And that includes the capital fund, so... The Depending on sort of what it was used for, it, it's, it probably is under that, that umbrella, yes. Oh, so the money, the, that joint capital fund, it only shows up here if we actually spend the money. If it's just sitting in the pot, it's sitting in a pot. That's right, yeah. Okay. Ms. Peterson, actually on the uh, ag original agenda? Yes. When we put this out on Friday? I, I don't recall. Yes. The presentation was? I don't recall. So if you recall from the Cuff, Cuff report, uh, we were, s so we had the uh, pre-meeting in camera, and I think uh, Mr. Cuff always wanted a uh, an in-camera meeting to post present session. this to uh, post audit uh, to not well I, I think his rationale there was to allow you the time and space to say things in camera that you would you wouldn't necessarily say out of camera so uh, we didn't have that opportunity this time not that I think that uh, there's there's a particular need, but we should uh, probably try and <coughs> have an in-camera in session, if, if not this week, next week, or the week after before I, I'm willing to sign off on, on the audit statement. Okay, yep, yep, no, that's... Uh... We, should, we should try and uh, build that... Uh, build that neural network into the uh, town system. Anybody have any other questions of me, Ms. Peterson? No? Usually you have quite a few questions, Ms. Mankey. Have to absorb. Yeah, we uh, we didn't get a, a pre-hand. Oh, actually, this is probably get to get good to get this, and then we'll have an in-camera session. Sure. Yep. So uh, if... <coughs> <coughs> 
we, the the uh, the counselors can go back and uh, sleep on it, and maybe they'll have <laughs> some brilliant <laughs> questions for the next session. Well, thank you. Thank you. I seem to have misplaced my. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Parker, are there any bylaws to be reviewed? There are none, Your Worship. Uh, that takes us to unfinished business, <coughs> FCM update and report. And I'm assuming Mr. Parker is providing this one. Uh, actually, uh, Councillor Needle will be doing the first part, and I'll just do this last page, the last slide, if that's okay. Or I can take it. doesn't matter. It's like... And somebody else controls the, controls the slide, so uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I will... Uh, not appropriately uh, when the time comes. So, uh, just th this is this is very quick. Uh, Councillors, uh, councillors will recall that uh, a couple of councillors were unable to attend the FCM in Winnipeg. So, the deputy mayor and Colin attended along with our CAO. So, this this is just a very. Uh, I think there's about uh, three or four slides in here, and it was just to put it in record as to some of the. A uh, couple of things that that came up um, besides the Bill Newfelt discussion with the MD of McKenzie, and I I, I realize I'm digressing, uh, but uh, and I should also mention at this time when catch the eye of administration when that letter's written, um, I would like to write that letter or I would like to write the first two paragraphs. I think a politician should. So uh, that was a sort of a a coffee break item that we conducted while we were. Um, in Winnipeg at FCM, and I was surprised that the number of rurals attend a conference that is largely urban. Uh, however, lots of the issues are sort of national in scope, so um, it, it, it makes sense that they attend. Well, uh, I understand Prime Minister Trudeau was there, so perhaps they were just looking for an autograph. Well, uh, the uh, the mayor of Calgary was doing selfies in the hallway as well. So, if you wished, you could have stood in line. Uh, he had these very trendy Vaughn shoes with undone laces and rolled up jeans. Uh, I passed on that opportunity, but I do have a hockey puck signed by Lanny McDonald. If and I didn't bring it with me, but uh, so I've got I've got a souvenir. I did pass on the prime minister though, uh, but he is a hell of a speaker. Uh, he uh, delivered 45 minutes, and I, I wish I could. Uh, uh, his speaking ability is marvelous. And uh, at the lunch break, I quickly went to the podium and uh, had a look at uh, the technologies in place. And I've determined that uh, high-ranking people of the Liberal Party can just about do anything because they got a teleprompter there that's uh, unbelievable, and uh, the audience can't see it. But I'm digressing from this presentation. So moving on. An opportunity to talk to many people, neighbors, politicians. Uh, um, uh, it was it was a, a great event, uh, well attended. Again, a number of our neighbors are there, and 
we had some informal time together. Uh, we did uh, have a look at a couple of products that were going to come to here very quickly. Um, there's, they typically have a trade show. Uh, so we, uh, we, this, when I say we, we have a, a chance to walk through this. It's th think of the trade show we have in the arena, except times, well, times five, I guess. And these are vendors that supply anything from playground equipment to uh, a paving piece of equipment that you're going to see here very quickly. Uh, and then, of course, the, uh, the, the budget as well, and Chris is going to talk to that. So I'll just catch, uh, catch Adam's eye here, and we can quick over. So... Um, this is uh, the uh, concerning the use of chip seal. I, I think this was actually the deputy mayor uh, was was quite keen on this particular one. I understand that some municipalities are, are considering using this. This would be potentially uh, well, it's an alternate source, I guess. Um, and again, there was quite a discussion about, well, could you put it on a road like to the eco center came up and said, well, yeah, potentially. Uh, what about the road down to Westbrook? And again, that became a discussion of, well, if it's an industrial road, is there heavy traffic with this last, those kinds of things. But um, we'll come to the recommendations in this presentation in a minute. But this is an area that I, I think we could explore a little further. So, Adam, one, one... So, exactly what is chip seal? I visualize it's when they put asphalt down and they put a chip coating on top of existing pavement to give you a, a more abrasive service for... Yeah. It's more than that. It's more than that. If you go to the top of Kaufman yeah. Hill... Here's, here's the machine that kind of caught our eye. Uh, this this is this is point number two. Over in Grand Prairie where it leads to the... Uh, a private road that leads to the mill somehow or other has been done. So we're just watching a YouTube video here, uh, okay. Deputy Mayor. So we just uh, there's a, a pause here in the action. We're just we're watching the 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 500 Phantom uh, pothole patcher. This is a, a single man unit. Uh, we've got the little wagon in town that we pull behind a I think a pickup truck or a gravel truck with with uh, with the material in it. This is a, a single arm unit. I guess if I was to stay quiet, you might hear the speaker, but... The Python 5000 can be out working nearly all year long. This self-contained unit travels quickly to the job site at highway speeds. The chassis is compact, lightweight, and has a tight turning radius. The operator remains safely in the cab and out of dangerous traffic at all times. The cab is modern, comfortable, and climate-controlled. A new operator can become skilled at working with the Python 5000 after only a few days of practice. The Python 5000 doesn't need any special materials. It can use any type of asphalt mix that's readily available, either hot or cold. Ideally, whatever type of material was used to build the road can now be used to patch it. The hopper, which can be easily opened from inside the cab, has a 5-ton or 2.8 cubic meter holding capacity. To keep the asphalt hot, the engine exhaust is circulated around the double-walled hopper. 
It is thermostatically controlled, ensuring your mixture remains at the perfect temperature. If you're using a hot asphalt mix, the Python 5000 can maintain the temperature at which it was dispensed from the plant. If you're using a cold mix, the hopper will warm it up to its recommended temperature, up to 170 degrees Fahrenheit or 77 degrees Celsius. That helps ensure your patch will be every bit as good as if you were using hot asphalt from the plant. The operator remains safely in the cab at all times. The large cab windows give an excellent view of the working area. At the operator's fingertips are all the controls needed to create neat, long-lasting patches. If you've ever played a video game, you'll be able to operate the Python 5000. Once in the general vicinity of the pothole, the operator uses the joystick to Am I putting to people to sleep? It's not me. I mean, it's the, the video. I mean. It extends out four feet from the front of the machine. I think you could cut it off. And four feet from side I think we've lost the audience. This, this is part of my sales pitch. All right, so that, again, is, is a product that... Uh, it could be interesting. So the the chip the chip seal was was one one item, and then uh, and then that other machine. And I guess in the sort of the period that we're in, where uh, collaboration grants seem to be the the trend of the day these days. So I think that machine was I'm going to say 350. Uh, you know, somebody thought, well, gee, could we interest uh, well the the neighbors? And I guess you can define the neighbors as to whoever you want. Um, maybe even throw in the new airport society. Maybe maybe another name on an application would help. I'm not sure, but I thought it was certainly worth exploring. So uh, we'll maybe come back to some recommendations quickly. But I think I'm going to let uh, CAO Chris talk about the budget and the uh, the uh, the Mr. Trudeau presentation. Thank you very much, uh, Councillor. Uh, one of the uh, um, sessions I attended was the uh, Budget 2016 and beyond uh, the federal budget. And uh, Adam Vaughn, uh, who used to be a councillor in Toronto, uh, successfully ran. And um, he, he talked specifically about his role in the federal government and how what they were looking for is they were looking at possibly doing a federal minister of, like, municipal affairs. Because they had approximately, I think, 40 people in the Liberal caucus that had municipal experience that just got elected uh, so they understand uh, you know how a, a lot of the uh, projects uh, need to get to the municipalities uh, he turned it down and he said the reason he didn't want to do that uh, is he said what he wanted and he created a very unique position uh, as a undersecretary is uh, or parliamentary secretary is he created a position he says where he can actually champion to all the departments because what happens almost every department has some degree of uh, interrelation with the municipal uh, uh, units and uh, so he was an incredible speaker but one of the things he really emphasized he said they really want to try and do something that was a little different um, and that is actually get the money out the door because uh, one of the concerns that they had and, and their philosophy and thought pattern was is that you can't spur economic development and, and growth unless you get this, these, these projects out the door. So they, um, they announced $120 billion over the next 10 years, but of that $120 billion, 65 is new. 
and the rest is old money that had already been announced. But um, they they said some of the problems that they were running into is developing negotiation or agreements with provinces, and so they said, well, we're we're looking at doing funding differently. If provinces don't want to sign on the dotted line to see what's important in the communities, the communities know what is important. So maybe what we'll do is we will redistribute the funds to federal gas tax funds, and then that goes directly to the municipalities. Which uh, really um, a lot of uh, municipal units were happy that disadvantage of course that's on per capita basis and uh, of course uh, we you know you might or might not get as much funding uh, depending on on the type of projects that you're you're going for but having said that um, the key was is and and uh, was we got to get these projects out the door um, the other real good important part was is him being a contact so knowing that going there if you have projects that you want to try and champion he would be and his department would be the the area to uh, you know try and champion uh, um, and, and moving issues that you have that you think are federal type projects or f federal funding um, and he'd be sort of like kind of like the lead point uh, gentleman so uh, th that was uh, the main thing in that uh, that's uh, talk and uh, the 2016 budget I think what we um, well, Chris obviously pulled together these three or four PowerPoint slides, and I guess um, we wanted to talk about some recommendations as to what to do with some of these things. So, and I, I guess um, you know what I was going to suggest is that uh, we do this. We uh, we have a motion, and I'm certainly willing to make one, just simply to direct Chris to pursue some of these ideas. And again, um, you know the environment where we're looking at these things. So. You're at a trade show, you're talking to an exhibitor, there's 2,500 delegates in the room, so we didn't get a lot of time to spend with these people, but, um, you know, get down into a little finer detail as to whether or not any of these things make any sense. So I, I guess my recommendation was, or what I would like to do is um, sort of direct administration to pursue a couple of these ideas, and uh, if there's merit, fine. Uh, you know, there's no, you know, obviously there are capital costs, and there's I've uh, got to have some interest from our neighbors and the collaborate. I mean, there's lots of unanswered questions, but uh, perhaps the CAO could put these on his to-do list and in time uh, bring something back. Yeah. So that's this is the slide on... I have a question already. So, yeah. so we got uh, three administrative people. They go to a conference, and they've already figured out what the Public Works Department needs. So I'm a little... Uh, well... I'm, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't quite characterize it as that. Well, we we've we've we put in some capital dollars into a in a into a pothole fixing machine, and it's only two years old. I'm basically looking at a suggestion that we buy another one. Well, that's so. Um, and then, of course. I guess I guess what I'm saying is, I'd rather have these kind of ideas personally come from the ground up rather than from the top down. Because if you get it from the people who are actually going to do this work, they've invested, they've made an investment. Well, that's the problem. We have a fire department that in the past thought that way, and they presented budgets which nobody in this council could support. So I'm trying it the other way. 
Now, having said that, the Public Works Department, at least they seem to have a can-do attitude. So anyway, my suggestion is to direct staff to chase these items. If there's no support for this stuff, fine. Uh, but uh, I mean, this, this is a low-cost, low-hanging fruit. If this doesn't make any sense to the rest of council, fine. Just to chime um, in on that pothole repair, I, I've seen on YouTube something that's done by, I think it's the DOT in Utah, which is supposed to be the cat's meow because what I saw there, they're patching a hole, like putting the patch in a bowl, and it doesn't stay. Like, you look at Edmonton, they pop out. Whereas this this technology, they actually cut cut the, the pothole out, carve it out so when the material goes in, there's something to anchor to. And, I mean, we have the equipment. That, we had, we, that was what we bought two years ago. The, the one that cut it out, and then... Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, um, this actually uh, video actually did go to uh, Butch Mitchell uh, for comments and just said, uh, what's your thought pattern? And uh, he looked at this piece of equipment and he says, you know, if, if we could get it via a collaboration grant, uh, it would be a very useful tool. If we, if we had to spend lots and lots of money of our own money, probably wouldn't recommend it. But uh, um, he, he was very impressed with the piece of equipment. One of the reasons is, is because Right now, the, the piece that they're using right now, they, they use three people. Um, one pothole can take up to an hour, he was talking about, because they have to, just the way that they have to deal with it, to spray it, to clean it, to then uh, put in the asphalt, then to pack it. Whereas if you looked at this one right here, um, to do one hole, or smaller holes like this, uh, it literally in five minutes to seven minutes, you can have everything all done. It also ensures the safety of your employees because you don't have employees walking all around the, the, the operation. And um, whereas with the other the current equipment that we are using. But again, he did say that uh, you know if we had to spend hundreds of thousand dollars as opposed to if we were able to get some collaboration grants, which there's a possibility uh, with a couple of other municipalities and then share the piece of equipment with those, those municipalities, he felt uh, uh, it, it would be a beneficial tool. So, so we're we're not going to use property tax money, but we're still going to use taxpayers' money to buy one of these pieces of equipment, uh, and think that it's free money because it came from a different pot of money. <laughs> okay, I've heard that argument before. Yeah, I don't like that. Sounds like fifty cent dollars, which I don't like that terminology, but. I'm not opposed to making a business case for it. If, if we can get the collaboration and there's value in it, I still need to see what's happening with the other one and where, what we do with that and durability. Like, I don't think I, those I'm sorry I brought this report back. I should have just left you guys in the dark. The hell with you next time. <laughs> next time you ask me what I saw and, and brought back, I'll just, I'll just shrug my shoulders. Um, if I could interject a couple of comments about the conference. Um, I attended a northern and remote um, group or discussion, a forum, and um, northern and remote, Peace River fits, so does, um, I think it's Caribou Country in B.C., on, onwards up north. Anyways, um, the point was made several times there that um, small should mean something other than around 100,000 people and that in terms of getting grants and whatnot, FCM needs to uh, really start thinking about what rural means. So 
to stab that in. The the other item that didn't make the list, but I understand that uh, we've uh, we're, we've captured it administratively, is the uh, the Neptune water meter discussion. And the reason I bring this up is uh, everybody knows where our water rates are going very quickly. Or actually, they went there already, June the first. So I suspect uh, lots of homeowners are going to be asking, how come my water rate is? $4.83 a cubic meter and and uh, what about this and what about that so the the uh, the Neptune group uh, I understand is looking at coming before us or asking us about interest uh, about getting uh, more data so uh, the the good news is when we switch to these water meters you can actually get a data dump on your phone so uh, I don't know how this works but I understand we have it um, I think this is something that uh, communication uh, expert Adam could, uh, if the time getting down the food chain here a little ways, um, could do a story on. So you can actually have a town employee go to your house. Uh, you can do a 24-hour, you can do it monthly, daily, weekly, or hourly, and you can actually discover where your water usage is. So if you're consuming water at midnight, uh, well, I, perhaps you've got a, a leaky toilet or you've got something else. But I guess what I'm driving at is there is some, yes, besides Mr. Sawchick of getting up and having a, a movement in the middle of the night, well, you've got to cut down on your coffee. So the good news of the story is that uh, there's an opportunity to present the public with some data and, and perhaps they can understand their, uh, their water costs. Uh, and again, I think we're going to hear from ratepayers when they start getting water bills at, uh, at, at $4.83 a cube. Uh, the other group that I talked to very quickly is global traffic, and perhaps we can talk about that at another time, but uh, I can tell you that Hinton has got one site uh, when you come into town on the uh, Yellowhead Highway, and I was told by a counselor that it's, they're having a considerable discussion over it, and it's $1.5 million worth of revenue off of one site. Uh, and that led to a long extended coffee discussion about global traffic. But I know we will have that conversation as we uh, talk about renewing our contracts. So uh, uh, it, was, uh, it was a good event. And uh, again, the recommendations are before us on the screen. Um, if, if, uh, if, they, uh, if they ring with people, great. And if they don't, that's, that's great too. So do you have a motion on the table? or Well, my motion is to accept the three points that are before us. One, direct staff to investigate some options, direct staff to investigate options on the CHIP seal, and develop a strategy to communicate our priorities, funding capital to the federal government. I guess perhaps the bottom one would obviously include sending letters to the federal government, but obviously Krista Freeland who's a local lady, she needs to be reminded of the importance of her hometown. So perhaps we could include her in that uh, circulation as well. Okay, so there's a motion on the table. Uh, any further questions of the Deputy Mayor, Councillor Needham, or Mr. Parker? There are none. Uh, I'll call for a vote. All in favor of the motion? In favor. Passed. Okay, so the next item under unfinished business was the summers, the safes, 
what is it, safe summer strategy or? Thank you, Your Worship. Um, after our brief discussion at the GMP meeting last week, uh, I arranged a meeting with Staff Sergeant Brent Meyer, Corporal uh, Gordon Hughes, and also had asked uh, Adam to attend. Um, Adam's kind of taking the lead on this right now and uh, will give us an update. Um, so, yeah, uh, we all heard a little bit about this, I guess, uh, last week at the GMP meeting. Um, essentially, the RCMP are just looking to do a little bit of a PSA campaign about um, making smart choices. Uh, if it sounds vague, it's meant to be a little vague, was my understanding. Um, it's meant to apply to a wide range of sort of topics from don't do fentanyl to don't drink and boat to a whole bunch of things in between. Um, with the goal of possibly reaching some of Peace River's younger demographics via social media. Um, so it would take me, I'm estimating probably about five to six hours uh, to do what they've indicated they'd like and we'd require a motion from council uh, to that effect. What exactly would the motion be? Uh, that council direct administration to produce uh, PSAs in support of the Safe Summers program for the uh, Community Safety Committee. Safety, I've got the name of the committee wrong. Community Safety Advisory Committee. Oh, so just just to add to that, uh, yeah, just to add to that, this uh, this agenda item will be on the uh, on the twenty second uh, um, agenda for the RCMP Advisory Committee. Um, it's just that the RCMP would like us to move forward on this now because we want to try and roll this this campaign out by the end of uh, by the end of June to start getting those uh, awareness messages out there. And then as of the 22nd, any other municipality could jump on board as they feel fit. So the RCMP would like to time it so that the first slew of materials would go at around the time of graduation parties in the area. Um, and the idea would be that any advertising materials produced with this, there'd be sort of a generic version that would be given to the committee members and their municipalities could adopt it for their own purposes if they so choose. So you, you know what you're, you said five, five to six hours, do you know what you're going to do? <laughs> you got it all planned out in your head or what? I have a pretty good idea of what I'd okay. probably end up doing. Not 100% plan, 75% drawings, I guess. And we do have some more, uh, more meetings with uh, Staff Sergeant Brent Meyer and uh, Corporal Hughes in regards to this, uh, this program as well. So moving forward I, I guess the question for CAO Parker is does Mr. Uh, Mr. Dietrich have the time we, we looked at this and uh, we could find um, minimum amount of, that minimum amount of hours the five to seven hours okay are you going to make a motion uh, Mr. Ford then how would you like that motion uh, worded Adam uh, the council direct administration to Produce uh, materials in support of the Safe Summers Choices Program initiative. So moved. Okay, all in favor? In favor. Okay, anyone opposed? 
Okay, that takes us to new business. Uh, Canada Day celebration. Uh, so the recommendation here, I think, is pretty straightforward. Enable uh, administration recommends the councillor enable mayor or an alternate to attend the Canada Day celebration on Friday, July 1st. 2016 and bring two welcoming speeches not just one on behalf of the town of Peace River first being provided at the museum and the second to be made at Riverfront Park so uh, someone going to make a motion to that effect I'll make a motion your worship to enable the mayor to deliver two welcoming speeches on behalf of the town of Peace River on the Canada Day celebrations July 1st okay all in favor in favor. Yeah, I probably should have been mayor or de or delegate in case. That's <laughs> that's on that was on purpose. <laughs> okay, Canada 150. Uh, Ms. Bell will speak to this. I'll let her uh, touch on the briefing note. Uh, your Worship and Council. Um, this evening I present to you a report in regards to the Canada 150 grant opportunity. Um, this is coming to council twofold. One, uh, it does require, the application process requires a motion or resolution of council of commitment of the project and funds. I cannot simply apply for a grant without a commitment from council to follow. It's a good process to follow. <laughs> um, in the second part of that is, Currently, the projects that are being presented as options for the grant application are funds that are um, through the joint capital. Um, thus, we do require uh, a motion to be sent to Northern Sunrise County um, in request of utilizing joint capital funds if council chooses for the associated matching dollars of the uh, grant applications. Just to note, however, um, we are anticipating or recommending, though you can change this, um, that only one of the two projects being submitted for would be actually put in place. Chances of re us receiving funding for both projects are very slim, um, but stranger things have happened. There is the possibility, of course, of amazing applications and being funded for both. Um, the grant application for the 12-foot Davis Events Park would be approximately $500,000, and these are 50% matching dollars. I think I said 50 cent dollars in the report. <laughs> um, so we would actually be asking for a $250,000 contribution from the joint capital in, in matching of 250 from the Canada 150 grant. The intent would be to finish Phase 3, in the 2016 capital budget, phase three is proposed as just half of the project, um, just the washrooms for the 2016 budget. But if we're going to apply for the funds, I guess you, you might as well apply for the total amount of phase three. However, we don't have to. We could back off and just apply for just the washroom components. Um, but when we include the actual pavilion, which is the other portion of the phase three project, we're adding another $370,000, um, to that project. So upwards of $500,000 for a total project cost. Um, we may have to scale back the physical size of the pavilion. Our budget, our, our um, sorry, quote numbers 
are from 2015, 2014. And with the dollar the way it is, we'd anticipate an increase. So we might actually do a smaller pavilion. But administration will play with some of those details um, to stay within sort of a $500,000 total project. On the Athabasca Hall uh, application, um, the original application that we submitted last year that did not receive funding was for a $1 million project, including life-saving and accessibility upgrades. So we would resubmit the same application. Um, we are suggesting that this would be a lower priority because it doesn't meet the new uh, guidelines or new priorities for the grant. They've can changed priorities. Can I, can I ask you why it doesn't meet the priorities? The top, the high priority items are upgrades to recreational facilities, clean growth economy, and impact on Indigenous communities. So how is the Athabasca Hall not a recreational facility? It doesn't fall within the their definition of recreation. It falls under a cultural facility, which was a second priority level. It's still well, a, well, that I, option. I, I don't understand how community theater... Dances and recreation. Mm, according to the the guidelines, they see that as cultural. And wasn't the previous grant focused on culture? Correct. And so we didn't get it there. Uh, and I, we administration believes we got caught in the political changing of the uh, riding boundaries. And we went from being within uh, Mr. Workington's riding into the, the Peace River and moved into the West Lock. And none of the West Lock, um, West Lock Peace River, if that's the name of our, say, I'm not even sure what our name of our new riding is. N there were no applications approved within that new riding <laughs> that we could find and administrated and searched. Where's Adam? Oh, he left. Um, Adam, the communications coordinator, and I have looked, and we couldn't find an application that was approved in that new riding. So we're guessing we got caught in the riding change for the new election, or in, in the election process. But we don't know for certain. Well, perhaps what we should do is put Athabasca Hall and send them a copy of Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Or maybe better tell them to look it up in their Funkin' Wagnalls. <laughs> well... I, and we're just going based, administration is just based on, um, I'm just pulling up there. Um, one second. I believe you. Well, I know you do. Um, there, it is an eligible activity. It's just a lower, pri what they're terming a lower priority. So the pool air handling unit would have been an example of the perfect project. I'm really wishing they had flipped this in previous years, but there's nothing we can do about that. Um, and we can double-check in terms of making sure our priorities are consistent with what the application is asking for. But they are the two projects that, one, they're on your books for capital, um, capital plan and capital budget for 2016. Um, however, both projects do dip into the joint capital fund because that is, at this point, the only funding source. Our reserves for the recreation reserve is down to approximately $120,000, so there aren't matching dollars there that we could draw. Your other option is not to apply for any funds. I don't think that's an option. Well, it is an option because <laughs> though... Um, 
during your conversation around the Rotary House, I do have to make note uh, my conversations with some members from Northern Sunrise County, including administration, is the arena still is an option for the Joint Capital Fund. So I'm not sure it, it's a discussion that maybe has merit to have at that Joint Capital Fund Committee. Do we have any um, trail or ball diamond plans that might fit into this category? Nothing that's ready at all. And there's nothing in your budget for that either. Well, I, I guess it's, I, I still don't see not applying being an option because we may as well apply the, um, and let's say uh, all the stars line up and priority one and priority two are accepted. Mm -hmm. Well, then we're in the driver's seat. We can say, well, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, if it comes down to a decision between an arena and a, some mm -hmm. other option. Yep. But if we don't apply, we'll never, uh, we'll never get to make those nice, difficult decisions. But I think, again, when, when you're meeting with um, the county, I think you have to throw out all these possibilities, Tom. That's, I think, what yeah. maybe Tanya's saying, is that joint capital fund could be spent on a number of things. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that discussion has to be had as to where do they see the focus. You know, we've got a number of options, and I think you guys just have to have that discussion. Maybe they've got some other options we don't even know about. So, but we won't have. But we might as well put. Well, they, we want like shovel-ready projects, so we got shovel-ready projects. So, can you explain explain the that, like you're saying, 2016 capital program? Mm -hmm. Like we're almost the middle of June. Yes. You're just applying for grants now. It is. Are you thinking the funds would be expended in 2016, like we're going to start construction in September? Uh, it depends on the project. So the 12-foot Davis Events Park, because both of those um, additions to the park are modular, it could potentially happen this year, yeah. So you're not – okay, I thought the the stage and whatnot, it was concrete. You're saying that's it's, going to be – It's not the stage. It's not the stage. It's, not the stage. it's well, the, the pavilion. The pavilion. The pavilion is modular. It goes on a concrete base. You have to place it on a concrete base, but we can pour in October. Okay. The, there's possibility. Um, the Athabasca Hall, no. Uh, we need at least six months for our engineering design and detail to be done before any actual construction would start. So you wouldn't be looking at construction until next spring. And, and that grant program would allow that, right? And ideally, they're looking for projects that are... That start right away. Yes. Okay. To be and one of the um, application components is you sort of get extra marks if you can be ready for your 2017 celebrations that a community would host in regards to Canada's 150th, Right. However, they, they leave you some leeway if they want it materially completed by March 31st, 2018. But you get bonus marks if you can wave that Canada flag over it and have your MP attend at a federally funded facility. Yeah. 
And unfortunately, time frame on this is extremely short. We just received notice May 24th, and they want applications are due by June 22nd. There is no wiggle room. That was probably very deliberate on the federal government's part because it means it's so ready. Yeah, it, bingo. It, it, and actually, part of the application process, it asks for additional um, documentation. And some of the examples are your building permit, your development permit, your detailed engineer design, um, your construction contract. So they are looking for shovel in the ground ready projects. Well, I'll call a special meeting and we'll sign a development permit for you. <laughs> I, I have no engineer design for the Athabasca Hall, but you know. <laughs> That's all right. So we're in the business of politics. You're in the business of hmm. building events, parks, and Athabasca Hall mm -hmm. and, and trying to make us look good. Mm -hmm. So did anybody check what sort of a member of parliament we have these days? He's not of the right color. So. I, I what what do you need that. to do to for us to make this work? Like we we need political friends in the Liberal government, and we don't have any. I can only think of one. Currently, no, we don't have any. So that I'm have aware. You, have you tried this before? I I just point to an airport application that I think it's in my view it's largely successful because of a particular personal relationship around this table is. Mm -hmm. That grant application sat for years and gathered dust. Mm -hmm. So do you need political interference on this thing? Like what should we be uh, – I, I wouldn't shoot for 500000 If you're going to shoot for something, you may as well shoot for a million. But mm -hmm. if if you contact Krista Freeland, are you, you – this is an opportunity for – why are you rolling your eyes? I would like to save that chit for the arena. Because in terms of needs for funds, well, we're at 16.1, and realistically, we're, we'll need $20 million for that project. Why didn't you tell me that like 10 minutes ago before I started? I, I think but, one of, but, some of but other but council might have earlier. So what, what makes you think you can't ask for both then? Politics and history. I think you have one good go at this. And I think you need to use it for the project. Well, then, if, if you're going to do that, then this back to this conversation that there might be another ask out of the Joint Capital Fund. Well, if you're doing that, why would you, why would you look at another ask out of the Joint Capital Fund? There seems to be two conversations. There seems to be several conversations yeah. going on around here. And, and I would agree with you. And that's, in, in honestly, in my discussions with our CAO, this was a difficult request to put together. Because ultimately, we have a significant project that is a priority of council and your administration that um, I don't want to throw all the baby out with the bathwater. So it, it's a very difficult conversation. Um, but this does give you an option, as the mayor is suggesting, you could turn it back if you are politically willing to do so. Because that is a hard decision to make politically if you're presented with those funds later on. So this is not an easy uh, request before you, as it was not easy to write. So I guess my question is, if, if we don't have any confidence that Athabasca Hall is ready, we don't have any confidence we're going to get the grant, why would we waste our time on it? Because it goes back to that, do you dismiss an opportunity completely? 
or do you throw a Hail Mary in? Well, again, my point is how much time and effort and trouble is it going to be to prepare a application for the Athabasca Hall that has any chance of seeing fruit? So, I mean, I would rather see administration focus on a couple of the other options and the other things that we're looking at. You know, Athabasca Hall is fine, um, but it's not ready, and that's what we're looking for. Yeah. It should be ready. We've been studying Athabasca Hall for the last five years. Yeah, and we just approved the budget in April, and the budget for 2016 was for detailed engineering. Last year, we put in this project as the capital project and waited for the response from the federal government, and by then we were moving into 2016 budget. So detailed engineering is at least a six-month process, and we I don't have funds to go forward and do an RFP yet. We need to ask uh, Northern Sunrise County if they would agree to the detailed engineering component. And what we put in the budget was 150000 for that. Well, part of the problem with Athabasca Hall is a safety issue. Oh, I'm well aware. I, I've written the reports. I, I know what's wrong with that building. Um, we, we have... We have... I don't know, the 100 kids uh, in the fall and 100 kids in the spring running around that facility doing community theater, not particularly heavily supervised, not that I expect that, but, um, and I've had the uh, fire department tell me it's a bit of a, it's, it's not very well design with respect to fire mitigation? No, it's very old building, and, and as with a lot of our facilities, we have great deficiencies. Well, my preference is to put in both, then at least maybe, maybe I'll get one, mm -hmm. and we'll have to deal with the $4 million deficit on the arena. I don't. I just can't see the federal government giving us four million dollars for the arena. No, and I don't think that would be the ask. Okay. okay. So, so just to clarify, so the Athabasca is five hundred or a million? Then what? What do we? What's the suggestion? What it's a one million dollar project, so it would be fifty percent request from the joint capital of five hundred thousand. Well, and, and we, we wouldn't we just request the joint capital fund for those dollars after we secure the funding? The problem is we need a motion, a resolution of the commitment of the funds for the application. They will not even accept the application without a resolution. So you need that the funding amount needs to be in the motion. And again, that that money will never be spent this year, will it? Um, for if on twelve of Davis Events Park, if it was well, successful, no, the Athabasca Hall. Oh, uh, yes, you would spend some funds because you'd be hiring an engineer, and they would get started. There'd be a small disbursement, yeah, not, not substantial. Anywhere near that? No, full no. amount. No. Well, I guess 
so that we can talk about it at the joint capital funds. We should probably have a motion to uh, refer, perhaps this one should be refer funding request for 12 foot Davis events park and Athabasca Hall under the Canada 150 infrastructure grant program to the joint capital fund and just discuss it there. Well, the challenge is the application must be submitted by June 22nd. Well, Mr. Neither Parker has told me that Wednesday we'll, uh, we'll meet. Neither council has another meeting, though, prior to June 22nd. So if I need a resolution of councils, that won't work. Well, you probably wouldn't get it from them, but we'd, we'd call a special meeting if it came down to it. They're meeting tomorrow. No, June, June 22nd is what, next Wednesday? Wednesday, yep. We already have a rec meeting on the 21st. Um, and they do have this information uh, already, Northern Sunrise County. They're going to discuss this tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And my note and my discussion with the CAO of Northern Sunrise County is a motion of council would either follow after this evening's meeting, either in support of the ask or rescinding the ask or maybe a third option, <laughs> oh, <I laughs> depending okay. on what came out of tonight's meeting. So we'd make the same motion we did with the, uh, with the, um, with the uh, Rotary House, but the decision... Uh, final decision rests with the Joint Capital Fund Committee. At that they'll reject the application because that is not a motion of support, support in committing of the funds. If it's, it's a motion to refer to the Joint Capital Committee, that motion would not be viewed by the federal government as saying the town of Peace River and Northern Sunrise County commits X dollars to application A and application or project A and project B. I don't see why not. We just aware that Joint Capital Fund for is committed to spending money to support these projects. Hmm. Chicken or the egg? Who the hell cares? But, but there's some, well, not the, just some, the differences here. So this has got the federal, like, I wouldn't quite compare it to the Rotary House, or maybe there are some similarities, but the Rotary House has got a tender document out. It's got 60-day period. They're going to raise some money. Um, they're going to, and we are going to try and find some more money, but this is really the federal government's deadline of June 22nd. That's, is, that, is that what's causing us this problem? Like That's June, correct. June yeah. 22nd. So. so for this to proceed, we have to have a motion tonight to um, 
have administration petition Northern Sunrise County to commit, if I'm not counting wrong. Correct. Uh, three quarters of a million dollars out of the joint capital fund for two projects being the Athabasca Hall and 12 foot Davis Event Park. And we send that up to their council. And that shows our commitment. And then tomorrow night they decide if they want to buy into that or not. Right. So, I mean, that's what you have to see, right, Tanya? Correct. So, are we prepared and, to and do that? Sure. We'll talk about the balance of the joint capital fund at a later date. We'll, we'll find some money somewhere, someday. Yeah. <laughs> according, according to my cowboy logic, there's still money. There's still money. Well, left again, over. you know, I mean, that's, you know, assuming we get these things and we've committed 75 or, you know, three quarters of a million dollars and we've committed another million dollars for uh, Rotor Hill. So we've just depleted that fund, which is, you know, the purpose of the fund, I guess, by close to $2 million, which doesn't leave us a whole lot in there for anything else. And I guess my question is, if that's the way we want to go, then we make that call tonight and do it. You know, I, um, I, the intel that Deputy Manzer provided uh, during the Rotary House that that Northern Sunrise County wasn't uh, wasn't very keen strategically to take money out of the joint capital fund and put it to the arena. I've I've heard that. Now you're telling me something different. Well, I don't know if it's different or we're just talking to different people. So I I, I don't know. But it's worth a conversation and not based on third-party discussions. Yeah, but the problem is we don't have time for No, we don't. Except this one. But we could vote by, by email, right? If, if, if we have to wait for the discussions, the Joint Capital Committee, they can meet, they can talk about it. Chris could send an email out saying, this is what happened. Do you support this? Councillor could all reply, yes, I vote for this. And if you get four responses affirmative, then you can go with it, right? We don't I actually don't. physically That's, have to meet. I honestly don't know. Well, we, I don't we, think we, we can. We, we, actually, yeah. we, we actually do what you just suggested at the North Beach Housing Table because there's 12 municipalities and you can't have somebody from Clear Hills driving in here six hours to vote. So what happens is we vote electronically, which is acceptable, but it has to be ratified at the first board meeting. So there's still a, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's somewhat semantics, I guess. But so yes, you get the vote electronically, and then through next regular schedule meeting, that item is on the agenda, and then it's ratified. Uh, so I, I think that's an option. But so the only the way I understand it, the only project on this list that you've got that's shovel ready to go is 12 foot. Of the two, yeah. Of the two. Yeah. So then why are we even discussing the other one? Hall. If it's not if it's not what they're asking for and it's not ready to go. Because we tried last time and I can try again. <laughs> but it uh, But we also had more than ten days. Yeah, we might have had fifteen last time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean not a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> Hall last time was the focus of the group. Yes. This time it's yes. not. It's not. Again, why yeah. waste time and effort? Yeah. For a long shot. Actually I think it's more sellable than 
12 foot data. To who? To the federal government. Not according to their criteria. Yeah, but I think we can work the hallways. Yeah, the, um, for example, Athabasca Hall, um, space available must be proven to be a minimum of 50% of the facility's available time for recreational programming use, and their definition of recreation is swimming pools, parks, recreation trails, fitness trails, bike passports, arenas, gymnasia. Uh, tennis, basketball, volleyball, or other sports-specific curling rinks, playgrounds, water park, um, friendship centers, community recreation. Includes but not limited to? <laughs> I think you're grasping the straws, Your Worship. <laughs> I, I mean, appreciate nice to get the hope. Per thing, but I, I just... The bean counters in Ottawa that have to review that, to me, it's pretty cut and dried. I, unless, I mean, if the Minister of Recreation and Parks, whoever's approved it, was our RMP, then it might you might be able to squeeze it through. But I, realistic, I don't think you got a hope. Okay. Well, someone make a motion. I will leave that to your expertise. Well, we should put in for at least one. And what I heard around the table was people, for the most part, thought 12-foot Davis would be sellable. No. And when we looked at our list, the really the only other one is the tennis courts. Um, technically, they're not shovel ready either, but they're yeah, and they're a complete redo, and they only want. The application process, it, it, their guidelines are very tight. 30% maximum renovation of an existing facility. So, for example, they wanted, if we were, um, I keep going back to the pool and that air handling unit is probably the best example. We were adding a piece of equipment. The, the renovation based on footprint would have been less than 30%. So 30% renovation is their maximum. No new builds. It must rehabilitate or renovate an existing. So with the skate park, because it quasi exists right now, would it have fit? No. And they attempted already in the last round, and they also were denied. So what I'm thinking is we need something that's shovel-ready, and 12-foot seems to be the only thing. 
And I, I kind of think in our future budgeting that we need to get some shovel-ready stuff. Yeah. So did you say a new build does not qualify? Correct. So isn't 12-foot events park a new build? Well, I'm hoping the square footage of the whole park in relationship to the small footprint of the washrooms and the pavilion additions will be less than 30% of the square footage of the park. I was even going to try the, uh, we'd like to renovate, but we can't avenue, but it, 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 yeah, it won't. They're, they are looking for um, small, quick renovation projects to existing facilities. For example, the one uh, nearest project that received funding to us in the last go-around was the Lac Cardinal Hall. Um, they received, because they're doing some renovations to that building. That's the kind of project they're looking for. How was that recreation? It was in the last round. So it was cultural facilities was their priority last time. So community halls fit. So a, a permanent structure like the pavilion down there, I guess, guess this question would go to uh, Mr. Harris, is how does that work for, uh, for the building permits when you're holding events? What do you mean? Because, for instance, if you put up a 20 by 30 tent, you have to have a permit for that. Yeah, this so would be a permanent structure, so. You'd still have to have a permit, though, would you not? For hosting an alcohol in this at the no, location? No. Just to build it, yeah. You'd have to, have build to build it, it. Build yeah. It. No, oh, yeah. not the permit to build it. I, I think Tim could answer this one. So, for instance, if you, like, for instance, we do Peace Fest down there, we have to, we put up the, the tents, we actually have to have an inspection done on those because they're a temporary structure that could okay. collapse and yada, 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 or float away. Um, whereas this is a permanent structure that once it's built to spec with building codes, and you'd be fine. It would There'd be no requirement for a building permit for an event, unless you're putting in more tents, and then for each tent, as per the requirements, would require inspection. Yeah. So just... Further clarification on the two recommendations before. So, um, okay, so so priority one is priority one and seems as though it's got some support. The, the second part of that, I'm just looking at the text. Um, in addition, Town Council respectfully requests that in the event of a successful Canada 150, I guess, application, Northern Sunrise County agree to use the intermunicipal cooperative agreement cost sharing to and for the so that, that should actually say the committee, right? So the, the first request is to write the county a letter and ask the county to support us for the in an application. Yeah. And then the second part, although the, the text says Sunrise County, it should actually say the Joint Capital Fund, right? Or am I misreading what this means? Well, and I guess um, the Joint Capital Fund Committee doesn't have signing authority separate from the two municipalities so that's why in the past we've done a motion of each municipality in support of the use of those joint capital funds i think no matter what the joint capital committee would wish it still goes back to the councils to make the final decision in a perfect world that joint count uh, that committee 
would have the opportunity to have discussions and they would make recommendations back to their own municipalities. Would that be accurate? Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have that luxury of time per se unless we can... What, what, what I'd probably recommend is, is just uh, support this and then the second motion would be to refer this to the joint capital. So you would have... So if you can't get the money from the joint capital... Then what happens here is then you can look at other options. Maybe we look at MSI. Maybe we look at some other funding. And then if at that point, we also then have the opportunity, if we don't want to move forward, we can then say, sorry, we don't mm -hmm. want to move forward. That way you're not tied to the joint capital right away, but you still will send it to the joint capital. You say, yes, we'll fund it up to $200,000. Um, uh, sorry, this one, $202,000. i am looking at the 12-foot Davis one. $250,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $250,000. Oh, sorry. So 250. So that's what I would probably recommend. And then you, you're not really restrained by the joint capital fund mm -hmm. at this particular moment, but you'd still refer to it. Yeah, but what I heard from Ms. Bell was that she needs to say on the application, you can count on us. Yes, but up two hundred fifty thousand. And I, I think what um, CEO Parker is referring to, if you make a motion of a commitment of two hundred fifty thousand dollars not saying where it's coming from correct <laughs> sort of silent on that note you've made the commitment for the application and then we figure out where it's coming from afterwards mm. huh well why didn't we think of that last week well because it's putting the <laughs> cart before the horse yeah. that's why well it's because i don't know where you're going to find the two hundred fifty thousand. i don't know either My bake sale suggestion still stands. Mm -hmm. well, start cooking. <laughs> I make a mean chocolate chip cookie. Hundred bucks a chip. Yeah, I'd hate to make it. Well, I suppose if we can't find the two hundred fifty thousand, even though we said we'd be committed to the two hundred fifty thousand, we can turn it down. That's that's <laughs> that'd be the thought pattern there. And, and, and the thing is, is I'm pretty positive we have that 250000 in the MSI if it doesn't go through the joint capital. <laughs> okay. So I'm just looking at the budget numbers from that. We, you know, so it, it's such a smaller ask compared to the 750. So, and, and, but it gives you an option. And it's unfortunate we have uh, a such short time frame. So, by doing this motion, at least you would have the motion so that you could at least advance the application if, if council wanted to advance the application. Okay. And you could still refer it also to, with the second motion, to the Joint Capital Fund if you wanted to do so. So the, there, we want a motion from a council that um, requests, that commits uh, $250,000 of capital to in support of, a in, in support of application to the Canada 150, the Canada 150 grant program for the cons for 12 foot Davis Park. The next phase of the 12 foot Davis so, so the message in the first part of that motion and the message to Northern Sunrise, if you agree to write us a letter to support a Canada 150 for 12 foot Davis, it then follows that you will support us for a withdrawal from the joint capital fund for 250,000. 
they're they're linked. The way this motion that we just said though doesn't link in Northern Sunrise at this point. That'll be the second. This motion. is this is for the Canada 150 grant. The the project at the park is going to cost us 500. We got to come up with half of that, which is 250. So we're making a motion to authorize administration to put the grant together, saying that we will come up with 250 thousand mm dollars as our matching component. Period. End of that one. Then we go to Northern Sunrise and say we got this grant application out there. We may or may not need to go into the. Joint capital Joint fund. fund. Okay, I follow. I follow on. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the clarification because that's not what I understood, but I do know. Mm -hmm. So, um, Mr. Sachek, do you want to make that motion, uh, particularly the first one? Uh, <coughs> so, a motion to commit uh, $250,000 of capital in support of. Uh, in support of the Canada 150 Community Infrastructure Program for uh, the up, should we say upgrades or renovations? Renovations is perfect. Renovations to uh, 12 foot Davis Events Park. Okay, why don't uh, one quick statement, though, um, just so that I'm kind of caught in a catch-22 situation here, because I'm part of another group that uses that facility. No, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. This is this no, is, no, I'm not. This is 12-foot Davis Park. It's got nothing to do with. It will. This project will have an effect on the event down there. Well, whatever. If you want to excuse yourself, excuse yourself. No, no. Okay, so make that motion. So moved. Okay, all in favor? In favor. Okay, so the second motion is to uh, refer uh, refer the request refer a request for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the renovations to the twelve foot. Davis Events Park to the Joint Capital Fund. Yeah, J yeah, JCF. <laughs> to the actual committee. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. yeah. Sorry. Committee. Just making sure. So, are you going to do that follow-up, Mr. Sajak, or somebody want to do that, or? I would move then that we uh, have administration uh, approach the uh, Joint Capital Funds Committee uh, with a request to support uh, $250,000 from the fund towards the 12 foot Davis Park uh, renovation. All in favor? In favor. Against? Okay. Thank you. Did you want a recorded vote on that? No. Okay. Uh, so number three is pretty straightforward. Um, 
I don't think we necessarily need to debate this. Has everyone gone through the decision, the request for decision on the encroachment agreement? I have a question for Tanya before she goes. All the bushes that are growing along that walkway, is that town responsibility or is that the landowners? I'm sorry. I'm still at 12. For this encroachment agreement, this is on one of the right-of-ways between... I don't remember the name of the street. I went and looked at it. You can hardly walk down there because the bushes on the east side are almost totally over the over the walkway. Oh, I don't know. Um, well, technically, if the bush is on the property owners, it's their responsibility. But we can, if they're overreaching on town property, we can trim. I guess that's part of my question. When I when I looked at it, there's on the side where the encroachment is there's trees growing and they they have to if if the corner of the sidewalk is on the town property those trees are obviously on the town property and on the other side it's <laughs> got to be the same way but i didn't dig into the bushes to see how far they you know where the where they actually root, are rooted yeah and as soon as i saw the plan we're going to go in and trim it up when this came to light around So um, I'm sure if you didn't have a chance to read it beforehand uh, during that q and I'm sure that you caught up to speed on it. So I think this is pretty straightforward. Um, why would we deny an encroachment? So agreement. I don't Correct? I'll make, I'll make the motion, Worship, to accept the recommendation to allow the town staff to start procedure to allow an encroachment agreement to take place for lot seven block three plan three two five eight and why all in favor in favor okay uh witness blanket opening opening uh this is a uh, uh a project that will be i think we've already got the details from adam uh, at a previous meeting or was it Laura Glor at a previous meeting? This is where we've waived uh, museum admission fees to allow the exhibition of the, to permit this exhibition called the Witness Blanket. Um, and uh, they're having a opening, opening uh, ceremony. Correct. On uh, June the 30th at 5.30 and um, administration requests that council be enabled to attend the opening of the witness blanket exhibit on June, on Friday, June the 30th at 5.30 in the evening, as opposed to the morning. Uh, someone make a mo want to make a motion to that effect? And we can vote on it. I think it's pretty up and down. You're making that motion, Council? I would put a motion on the floor, Your Worship, that Council be enabled to attend uh, the opening ceremony and festivities associated with the Witness Blanket exhibit on Friday, June 30th at 5.30. All in favor? In favor. Passed. Are they uh, also asking for words from Council? Um, it didn't actually say here, but I will. Uh, I spoke to the witness blanket exi exhibit at the uh, annual powwow, so I'll use the same words more or less, if called upon. 
So the next item is the is the draft flag protocol. And we have Mr. Harris here who patiently waited through three quarters of the meeting for this. That's okay. Um, so what I've uh, prepared for you having new information is uh, a draft uh, flag protocol policy. Um, administration was requested to provide. Uh, no current policy exists in respect to the protocol of flying flags uh, at the Town of Peace River facilities. Um, so I think hopefully everybody had a chance to look through it. I did have some questions from uh, Councillor Burr uh, and we uh, gave him an answer to those today. Uh, one thing just to kind of note, um, in general, there is no law or regulation uh, which governs where or when a municipality organization must fly the Canada or the Alberta flag. Both Canada, the Canadian and Alberta government have their own policies which govern when and how their flags are flown from their respective buildings. Um, but those policies don't encompass buildings that don't belong to them, such as municipal buildings. Um, there are some guidelines which municipality organization must follow or should follow if they choose to fly the Canadian or the uh, Alberta flag. And those guidelines are created by the Department of Canadian Heritage for the national flag and the Alberta Protocol Office for the uh, provincial flag. So um, it is up to individual municipalities to come up with their own set of protocols for how they wish, what flags they wish to fly and how they wish to half mast them and that, that kind of stuff is not a set in law. There isn't a flag police to go around and, and set that. So most municipalities follow the general guidelines of the federal and provincial governments um, in how they, they operate. And we've incorporated a lot of that into that policy, um, researching other policies with other um, municipalities in Alberta and in Canada and taken most of those uh, ideals. If anybody has any other questions. I have one. Go ahead. Um, under special requests and in general, it says flags shall be flown for one day from sunrise to sunset. Is that truly meant from sunrise to sunset? Uh, the sunrise to sunset is the general uh, timeline for when, um, even when flags are half Mastered it for the special request if an organization wishes to have uh, a ceremony to raise their flag. I mean, obviously, then the flag would be raised at that time. Um, I think the actual timeline for those special requests could be uh, determined at that time, but really, no, no longer than sunrise to sunset. Elaine, are you referring to like the winter months when sunset is so early? Well, that plus. The town maintenance guys get up at 5.30, sunrise, and <laughs> take them down at <coughs> 11 o'clock in, in June, or so it's just kind of an idea, beginning of workday to the end of workday. Is that what that means? Uh, it's, it's the implication, yeah. Okay, thank you. They did a good job advancing this proposal. They, they addressed a lot of stuff. They checked in and it actually had everything addressed correctly. I, I think that's good. Uh, I would like to see 
one or one or two changes in the policy. One, it talks about the traffic circle, and I think the terminology that transportation yeah. uses is roundabout. And I think to be consistent, I think we should have that changed. And the other question I have, and I, you know, you kind of mentioned it's, you know, we could incorporate, you know, policy in terms of where we put more flagpoles. Like I. Actually, looking at, it, I think there is a good breakdown. I think it's reasonable. I don't know that we want to. I don't think we want a flagpole at every town building. You know, with all the sewage facilities. So I'd be prepared to say that well, let's have a policy state that this is where we have our poles. And the only other exception would be if, if we ever built another fire hall someplace, or you know, that would be only. I don't. I mean, if stating if you build a new municipal building and stating it has to have this amount, I mean, that's an, could be looked at on an individual case by case basis because of the financial implications of that rather than putting it into a policy saying you have to have three fat poles or. Yeah. Um, it's better just to leave that till the budget restrictions at the time. But this sort of says if you do have a flagpole or one or two yeah. or three, is what flags should be flown and how they should be flown. And a lot of it, it deals with the half masting. Um, issues which seems to cause most uh, confusion as to when we should have master flag and have not. And today there was a, a perfect example of a notification came out from municipal, uh, from uh, provincial government saying that they were going to have master flag due to the uh, the shootings in uh, Orlando. Um, but when actually read it specifically, it only said uh, at the flags at the legislative legislative building, not every provincial building. So. Um, when that came through for the Town of Peace River, and I think we, we, we followed that by just lowering the flag at the town office rather than every town building. And those are one of those special circumstances that can be uh, at the discretion of, of the CAO. Yeah, I, I guess I also have a bit of a problem with the discretion being the CAOs. It should be should be uh, CAO mayor. mayor, I think it is. Yeah, mayor. I, mayor. I thought it said CAO mayor. Yeah, it says CAO and mayor. Yeah, it should be. Those are political decisions, so they should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, um, we, to the policy, like I did make just the, the odd word changes uh, that uh, Councillor Burr suggested, the roundabout from the traffic circle. So, Your Worship, I would put a motion on the floor that Council accept the flag protocol policy as amended, and the amendments are the roundabout and the addition of the mayor uh, and application for flag raising form as provided. What about defining sunrise to sunset? Uh, we could put normal working hours. Okay. And, and change sunrise to sunset to normal working hours. Okay, so we've got roundabout, Saturdays the addition Saturdays. of the mayor, and normal working hours. What are you going to do on weekends? I don't think we take it down on the weekends, the flags, anyway. Yeah, the, the flags are left up all the time, so it's just raising and lowering. So, so if you have a mayor that lives out of town, you're still going to... The flag at what would happen is is it uh, the, so so the province the province what they do is they come on out and they they uh, will say we will be lowering the flags uh, maybe just at the legislature for that particular individual and then at that point we would then look at that and I'd give you a phone call and say hey what do you think <laughs> and, and, uh, you're I, a political enemy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Or, yeah, so that's that's basically how it would go. And one other change is I'd like to look at it. Where it says notifications, it says political leaders, and I think that should be t town council. Yeah, I actually made that change you too, to, to mayor and council okay. instead of political leaders. So. 
The other one of the options was if uh, council wishes to, um, for the special request for the organizations that wanted to fly a flag, whether they wanted to have a fee attached to that for the time of administration and the time of um, someone actually going and attaching the flag and that kind of stuff. So, Excellent, excellent thought. I agree. But it, I don't know if it, that was council's wish. That, that was one of the actual uh, fees not in here, but it was just if you wanted to go down that route. Yeah. And there was municipalities that we did find. Uh, City of Calgary, I believe, was one of them. Yeah. Um, uh, when we actually went away, he couldn't couldn't find it in there, so we didn't actually find any that did. But um, which means if we charge a fee, they'll come back and make an application to the grant to the council grants to council group. But it makes then sense. we'll write him a check and get it. <laughs> <laughs> it would only be a nominal no, sort I, of. I think it's I think it's fair. Forty dollar fee or something fee, like especially that. Especially people that uh, may wish to have uh, Australia Day recognized. And that was the intent. If there's a large population uh, in the town that wishes to celebrate their national day with a with a ceremony and a flag, and then they could do that. Um, at the when the flagpole we were um, recommending for that was the one at the roundabout. So. They'd have to supply their own flag, though, right? Yeah, and there's the form attached to it, the form they would supply the flag. The flag would have to get approved by, um, I believe, CAO and, and mayor as to being an appropriate flag. So what if the Leafs Nation wants to fly their flag? That would be up to the uh, discretion of the CAO and mayor. And mayor. Well, Your Worship, my motion's still on the floor. I haven't seen you take any action on it. Uh, yeah. Do I need to remind you? So the four amendments now are the mayor, the roundabout, the hours, and the council language. Let's get this show going. I'm getting hungry. What about the fee? No to the fee. Oh, well, then I'll have to vote. We charge enough for water and taxes. Let's vote. All in favor of uh, this policy? In favor. Against, and uh, I should have asked for a recorded motion and just. Well, I, I I wanted to know why the mayor voted against it. Maybe he wanted his name deleted out of the part where he says, where he passes away that we're going to put the flags at half mast. <laughs> I, I assume that's what you're objecting no, to. No, I'm objecting that you're not charging people for putting up their own flag. But anyhow, can review it at a later date. Yes, bring it back. <laughs> Well, that's a voter group I need to work on, so I don't think Six I should charge one. them. Uh, proclamation of Aboriginal Day for June 21st, I imagine. Um, so, and that's the recommendation. Uh, administration recommends a council proclaim June 21st, 2016, as Municipal Aboriginal Day in Peace River. How about just Charging Aboriginal Day in Peace Park. River? But is Adam there? Is yeah. he hiding? Okay. So that's your recommendation? Yeah, that is. Okay. Uh, uh, you can dump the municipal. You want to keep the municipal? No. Okay. Did they want to put up a flag that day? I don't believe so. <laughs> so... Uh, so is that is that you, Deputy Mayor, wanting to make a motion? Yes, I'll make my first motion of the day or the second one. 
that June 21, 2016 uh, be declared a municipal Aboriginal day in Peace River. I think we're striking municipal and just making it Aboriginal day. Sounds good. All in favor? In favor. So are we going to have a big signing ceremony and all of that? Yeah, I'll, I'll alert the media. Okay. Great. Uh, another request for a decision on the third annual World Religious Conference Day on June 25th, which is what, a Wednesday? And uh, Mr. Sawcheck, who usually makes a habit of going to this conference, won't be available, so I will make myself available. So I'm willing to be enabled to attend this. It's a Saturday. It's a Saturday? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've got a speech written upstairs, so I'm ready to go. I'll make, make a motion to return. Okay, what's the motion? To As enable the mayor designated to attend the opening ceremonies of the third annual World Religious Conference and extend greetings on the behalf of the town. Okay, all in favor? In favor. Great. Uh, request for a decision on the Peace River High School graduation. And I believe Deputy Mayor Manzer has volunteered for this one already. Is that correct, Deputy Mayor? I thought you wanted to do it this year. <laughs> you know, I've attended one high school graduation ceremony in my lifetime, and it was the longest ceremony I've ever attended. Was that your own? Uh, get prepared for your um, child. It'll last a long time, too. Well, so don't, don't subject me to two in a row then. <laughs> hey, I have gone to probably 25 of them, but I will go to the next one. Yes, indeed. Okay. Besides, I think they're, uh, they want you there, being their old principal. <coughs> I'm sure. But they only want a two-minute speech, so that's, that's optimistic, so... That's what we instituted, yes, indeed. It works sometimes. Okay. Perhaps you could uh, remind th those parents uh, in attendance about the Peace 10 proposal to regionalize in Grimshaw and perhaps remind those voters in the audience that they may want to choose to tick the uh, Catholic box on their, uh, on their uh, tax notice in future years if they don't do the right thing. Well, yes. yeah. It was just an idea, Deputy Mayor. <laughs> okay, is somebody moving? To make a, I shouldn't move if I'm doing it. Is somebody going to make a motion for the Deputy Mayor to be enabled? I'll make that motion to enable Deputy Mayor Manzer to attend the uh, graduation the, yeah, sorry, the Peace High graduation ceremonies on July 2nd. 20, yeah. Uh, one, yeah. 2016. Okay. okay, all in favor? In favor. Okay. You could have voted against it. Well. <laughs> did, they, did they want to put up a flight? Okay, so that takes us to <coughs> reports. There's uh, This is on the check registry. There's three. When I clicked on June 6, 2016, voided checks, it's a rather lengthy list, so I, I was that just the wrong list? I had... Uh, Almost 15, 18 checks voided. Is that right? Yeah, I, I looked at that too, and that, that was like, yeah. 
Or avoided checks just the ones with the asterisks beside them. And I don't see any with asterisks beside them. Yeah, I can't see those being all voided. And sorry, I, I can't answer that question, Your, Your Worship. What was the question, Mr. Mayor? The question is, um, so if you go to the Civic Web and you, oh. you go to the electronic, uh, I think we've solved the mystery, Deputy Mayor. Well, I think it's there. There are all the checks. There were all the checks that were on the check run, but if there's an, an asterisk beside the check, that means it's voided. So there were no voided checks, and it's just that it was misread and put in the agenda as voided checks when it should have just been uh, just check registered mistitled June the 18th or some date thereof. Okay, so um, just a motion to accept for information, unless somebody has some questions. I move to uh, accept the uh, check registers uh, for information. All in favor? In favor. Um, Councillors' reports. Uh, Deputy Mayor Manzer has put in her written report. For April 2016, uh, anybody wishing to put in any their reports, verbal or otherwise, I can uh, tell people I I had a busy week last week. I went to the to the Aboriginal powwow, which was a real, which was quite a party actually. And I went on Saturday and Sunday, and I met our executive secretary there, uh, amongst other people. And also went to the Gay Pride Parade uh, just on Saturday. And uh, I think that was the biggest ever that we've had in Peace River. Someone told me that Grand Prairie is only having their first Gay Pride Parade. And we're up to number six already. Ahead of the curve. Anybody else want to? Uh... I attended a meeting. Well, the school, the uh, municipal meeting of the school board with the municipalities, and the, there's a number of things discussed. The, the only thing I think is relevance to here that I think we, you know, uh, we should get the administration to follow up is they talked about uh, school sites in municipalities, and there was quite a discussion about how that happens because. Uh, each subdivision, they're supposed to set up sort of certain percentage for municipal infrastructure. But in our town, most of those subdivisions are so small that any parcel they set aside is not going to be sufficient for a school site. So, I I believe the town should approach the school division if they don't come to us to say, you know, where if we when we, the town when the school division wants to build a school on the on the west hill, on the west side, where's it going to be so we could start having a plan to set aside sufficient space to be able to have a, a school school site over there I think some of the area structure plans indeed do already have that um, 
the area structure plan, and I forget which one it's called, but the one up by um, the home hardware has a set aside space for school. How how big is it? That that's part of the issue, you know. Well, cause, again, cause, you know, it, I'm sure the school divisions would love a quarter section so they could have every, every sports field in the world in, on their property. But I mean, realistically, when you've got a developer developing land, you know, it's got to be a realistic. And but, the, but that's the where other, it, just for inference. So the other piece is 25 years ago when Tissington. Th I'm sorry, 35 years ago when Tissington did the development up there. Uh, there was the school division did set aside some uh, property so if you go up there today next to the eco center across from AGS you see all those school buses that are stored there the the premise 35 years ago was that was going to be the school but what's happened over time is those adjacent properties have been sold and the school division owns a parcel of land there which is largely usable for storing buses now not building a school so that was the vision and it just if that's on that plan by home order, it could very well be, but I, it just, as far as I know, it, it largely withered, and it's withered because population in Peace River hasn't changed in 25 years, so um, I'm not sure if that's helpful or not. And that's St. Germain Creek running by yeah. that. St. Germain, St. Germain. So we'll have put an elementary school up there, and we'll have St. Well, St. Germain in, Creek. In our, in our discussions with the school divisions around the future expansion of schools within the town of Peace River, both school divisions have noted to us that there will not be any expansion of schools at any other sites other than existing sites in the foreseeable future, which is a 50-year window. So they're not looking at anything in the next 50 years. Well, that's interesting because that the discussion, that seemed to be a concern. So maybe we should invite, have the direct administration to go talk to them and confirm that if that's what they're saying. Because they were deaf, Peace 10 was talking about looking at a site not they're going to need it right away, but in the longer term. And if you don't, if you don't have a plan to set aside, we get this haphazard stuff spread all over town kind of thing, which to me is well. Not that, that was our reason for going to ask them because we said if we are going to locate a recreational complex long term somewhere, yeah, where your school is going to be, where would you? And they specifically came back and said for the next fifty years, the life of time of your rec facility. It's not going to be anywhere up there. So, okay. I mean, maybe they're looking for a long-term plan for 100 years down the road or 60 or 70, but... They also talked about the green space around the school, and number 10 is supposed to be sending um, each person who attended their meeting um, an idea about what their average acreage is for a school these days. At the same time, they were wanting us to advocate at the MGA review, as Rod says, about allocating enough green space so it didn't go, all get used up, which I find rather interesting at this point. So uh, perhaps we, we should have a motion to direct administration to uh, look to, see, to determine what plans are on the books regarding school sites. Would that be fair? I think, I think yeah. we would have Alicia check what's in our oh. area structure, not area structure plan, but our, uh, well, the area structure plan is existing. So there's uh, still direct administration to uh, see what our policy is towards setting aside space what our policy is to setting aside space 
or schools and and what what's and green spaces and what space is actually being set aside for said purpose and we should remember that we've got at least a third school division in town the francopone one so are you going to make that motion since you brought it up i'll make the motion yes all in favor in favor okay so uh uh, any other meetings that we should be aware of, recreational? Uh, we've got a couple, three meetings coming up over the next yeah. week, but nothing new since the last time we met. And so at one of these last meetings, it was someone from Northern Sunrise County said, we want to be able to use the joint capital fund. Did you, Did you guys hear that? In fact, I think you guys told us last time they weren't that keen on it. We, we, haven't, we haven't so much gone down that road and said that we're looking for that fund. I'm just saying that it's always a possibility. And, um, again, I think the discussions, what we're meeting with is a subgroup of the whole committee, so um, I'm not sure where they stand in that regard. Okay. Any other meetings we should be aware of? So our, our meeting in the future uh, next week, the MGA review and meeting with uh, assistant or deputy afterwards. June. Are we going to at some point discuss what we might want to bring forth at that meeting? I think uh, uh, Mr. Dietrich uh, uh, asked for that about two or three weeks ago. And so he has a list. Okay, so maybe he could forward that list around to us so that we can... I can do that. Too. Um, I'll also have the final details from their office tomorrow. They called today. Um, it looks like the meeting will probably be around 1.30 um, at the town office here with the assistant deputy. Oh, so it won't be lunch? Okay. Change the meeting a little bit because she's going to have to head off to Grand Prairie uh, sometime in the afternoon. Um, so they're just trying to confirm, I think. So are we going to have it in the 12-foot Davis room or here? Why don't you find out how large your entourage she has? That was going to be my initial issue. We'll Does so council have a preference for a room? Well, in engineering, well, there's a, there's a great... This is a bit too uh, formal. Yeah. Formal. So the engineering conference room or a 12-foot Davis? Yeah, one or the other. Would be good. If it's a there's a, there's a great space in the bottom of the library if you're, if you're totally stuck. That Penn West room is... That might be a great place. I just If, if you're stuck, I, I, I <laughs> depends how many people there are. But you could put 25 people in there. So we have the session in the morning from 9 until 11.30? Yes. And then nothing again until one thirty. No, her her office had requested a, they want to do an in, an internal debrief on the session with just their staff. Uh, they said it will take about a half an hour to an hour, I believe, and then around one thirty or so they want to meet with uh, council. 
Okay, so if we can't, because I don't know if I can do that now, because that's now taking up almost an entire workday. Right. So do they need to know for sure who's going to be in that meeting? That one, it's less important. The registration was more for the public meeting, because I think they're trying to um, get a feel for numbers. Uh, make sure I think they've got a limit on the total number they can have okay. but the meeting with council after the fact it's if you can make it you can make it if you can't okay okay yeah seeing that we're not serving dinner we, we don't need to account for the amount of food or anything like that I, okay. I think I uh, if I could just interject your worship I, I think I flipped everyone a little one pager on um, sort of what the provincial government defines as affordable housing so uh, in terms of future meetings so Colin and um, well I guess the North Peace Housing Group I guess I've been asked to attend so we're off to meetings actually in Grand Prairie in the morning and then traveling to Edmonton after supper for yet another meeting the next so day on the 22nd yeah uh, well no, this is uh, I'm talking 14th 15th and 16th of this week so so it's it's the affordable housing strategy it's the lodge strategy it's the new NDP government and what are they going to do in terms of rolling out some of these capital projects and we've been hearing about this stuff and hearing about this stuff but nobody really knows what it means yet so um, I guess stand by and uh, as the committee rep uh, for the town I will I will attend Okay, that's uh, councillor's reports. Um, so that takes us to the information section of the agenda, and we'll power through this. Um, so downtown mural update, uh, you're providing that, Mr. Dietrich? Because we're having a first brush ceremony on June the 17th. Is that not correct? That's correct. At 10.30? That sounds correct. And the, the building chosen was the... Sears building which that business is closing down from what I understand that would be news to me <laughs> consider it news I think it's more than news yeah I'd heard that as a rumor but I haven't heard anything officially yet so but they're not the owners of that building mr. no Brent Laverne, uh, Laverne yeah okay and uh, we should, when we do the first brush ceremony, um, I'd, I'd like to have some backup information on um, on our downtown uh, rebate program. The uh, revitalization grant? The, yep. the revitalization grant. And we'll try and weave that in. And anything else that we think we need to highlight regarding downtown revitalization would be a good time to remind people about the investment this year in the banners and trees as well yeah because it's all stemming from that same sort of uh, so plan can, can you maybe draft some talking points for me on that i can excellent so when was that first brush uh this friday this friday yeah at what time 10 30 10 30 yeah in the morning And is is there going to be? Is this the only mural for this year, or will there be another? This is the only one for this year that I'm aware of. Uh, we've made our contacts and resources from the process available. So if there's any business owners in town that just want to contact an artist and paint their wall, we've got a short list of great people that they can contact. 
But in terms of town sponsored, official town paid for murals, that's the only one. We're only paying fifty percent of it, right? I believe so. Yes. After I'm not the program, on the funding. The program is is uh, we cover fifty percent of the cost. People make an application, we cover fifty percent of the cost, right? I believe so. Um, I'm not as familiar with the funding component. Of yeah, it if you solution. can also put that in the talking points. Yeah. Okay. Clarify that. Uh, briefing note uh, update on Saddleback. Mr. Ellis. Uh, I mean, Mr. McQuaid. I'm thinking about Deputy Minister Ella, Jim Ellis. Yeah, don't expect it. Don't expect it in your check, though. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, this is just a quick update on Saddleback because uh, there's a lot of interest around that project, and we conducted a, a pre-final inspection on that uh, to kind of get a head start on all the deficiencies around uh, that Saddleback project with respect to the concrete work. So the contractor expects to kind of finish up uh, not this week, but by the end of next week, this week they're kind of concentrating on uh, landscape repairs. And we've got an arrangement done with the contractor, so in place of just doing seeding, uh, where the town provides topsoil and the contractor it, it would provide sod in place of seed, so which I thought was a, a bit of a win-win for the, the residents of Saddleback and, and go a long way to kind of... Uh, mend some fences as we've kind of gone through that project. So after, uh, so within two weeks we hope to start on the final phase, which would be the asphalt phase of that project uh, to carry forward with that. Okay. Just two questions. Uh, one is the what about the underground irrigation systems that were damaged on that project? When are they going to be coming around and fixing those? Those, I was hoping to get they were going to attend to those during the landscape repairs. Okay, and the other question I had uh, is going to be for Mr. Parker. Um, approximately about a week ago, uh, just to keep council updated, um, I had a couple of concerns by a couple of residents up in Saddleback in regards to that uh, sidewalk curb and gutter project where the sidewalks, the residents are saying, or a couple of residents are saying are impeding on their driveways by about uh, a foot or not more and just wondering if has that been looked at yet yeah that was passed on to uh, mr. McQuaig yeah, so that will be part of uh, one of the things I'm visiting this week with uh, the consultant is to uh, confirm the alignments that were followed for the project and to confirm that the lot lines were adhered to when are you meeting with them uh, I've got my next meeting, I think, on Wednesday with them. Okay, maybe what I'll do is I'll just get together and uh, give them the, the uh, three specific addresses then. Yeah, that would be good. Okay, thanks. Um, we got a letter from the MD of Peace regarding Holtby Holdings Area Structure Plan. Uh, I think this is effectively a courtesy notice I don't know if anybody has so uh, your worship I know we're trying to move things along and yes it's courtesy but they are inviting us to a meeting and they've given a second oh. reading but I, I guess my attention was drawn to 
3.2.7, and it's the business of stormwater management. And it talks about future stormwater ponds, and it's going to be water is going to be managed within or directed towards uh, the highway and local roads. Well, uh, over the weekend, everybody's been down to Canadian Tire and Marshall Automotive, and you see the erosion over there. And then you go across the street in front of the vet clinic and that intersection, and there's Dairy Queen, there's all kinds of erosion. And then you take number two highway, and it's flooded over at the top. And then we just had a $3.2 million DMI slide pipe that we fixed, largely because of water, down a water that came down a highway transportation right-of-way. Um, so now I see a developer that says that they may do some future stormwater ponds. Uh, <laughs> may? <laughs> I'm thinking shall. Uh, so I guess it does say in the briefing note if we got concerns, get back to them by July the 8th or something. Um, maybe with Jim, the engineer in the crowd, maybe he can alleviate my concerns, but uh, I worry about more water coming down the highway and causing more problems. Uh, if, if I'm dreaming, then that's fine. Uh, somebody will tell me so, but is stormwater, uh, are you familiar with that site? Uh, no, not that particular site. So it's just adjacent Quinney, just straight east of the airport. Uh, it's in the briefing note you'd have to... So if, if, if it's within the recent developments, the yes. stormwater ponding should be part and parcel of their, their planned development? That That's not what the language in this thing... Wow. <laughs> that's, like I said, 3.2.7. And, and, you know, I guess the encouraging part is that it says that it'll be contained within uh, previous pre-development pre rates. Wow who the hell determined what the pre-development flow rate was out of a quarter section of land adjacent to the airport. It was a, it was a swamp. Well, I remember that being, I won't call it a swamp, but it was certainly a low-lying area. And uh, again, uh, appreciate the time in the evening and it's time to move along, but my comment to administration would be, um, please, please check that out because I, I worry about that. And like I said, we just spent $3.2 million fixing a pipe, and as far as I'm concerned, we fixed the pipe because we were doing poor stormwater management practices that were coming down a highway right away and eroded the footings, and and we uh, we paid the price. Councilman Adam will definitely follow up on that and exactly what uh, on that clause there. Good. Thank, yeah. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for that. We'll do that. Thank you. Yeah, I have a question as well. It is to deal with uh, dust control on the MD road um, that... I guess leads into that property. Um, if that becomes an issue, how is it uh, mitigated? That's an MD problem, isn't it? I don't know that we want to wade in on that. I think we could ask the question, though. It's it's a particular matter. Near the airport. Go ahead, Mr. McQuaid. So uh, generally what we've been uh, enforcing with the contractors as they're developing those areas uh, for dust control is making sure that they've got water trucks on site to water down uh, those areas periodically as, as they're uh, proceeding with their truck traffic. And 
that became particular of note when we're just building up behind the hospital right now on the, the North Peace uh, project. And that uh, very subject came up with that and uh, fairly emphatic and making sure that they do uh, pay attention to the dust control uh, procedures for that project. So when's Alberta Environment and Parks going to get involved in the stormwater management plan out there? They got involved in the one here in Peace River for uh, peaceful homes. They should be submitting an application and they talk about the environment approvals in there. So I you know, it'll be up to the, to the department to deal with, with that, including the, the concerns made by Council Needham how to assessing pre, pre and post-development rates. It's all part of the subdivision process, so. Yeah, because in 3.2.8, they talk about tentative locations. So when, when is this meeting? I didn't, uh, didn't read that. So there's a meeting on Tuesday, July 12th. This is a public hearing. Okay, so we can submit written comments uh, regarding our concerns. So does someone want to make a motion for administration to, to uh, develop uh, 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 or to submit written comments regarding the issues brought forward uh, uh, on stormwater management and dust control? What I would suggest, uh, Your Worship, is we can actually uh, contact MMSA because I'm sure they've worked on this too. Just do a little background research. Okay. And then um, we know it's uh, a priority of council, and then we can put something together uh, and meet this time frame. So, so should we still have a motion so you have, uh, uh, you know it's on your agenda? Yeah, we, yeah we, um, it's on our agenda. I'm just actually sending an email to them right now. <laughs> so. So, but if you want a motion, that's fine. I, too. I'm fine with the administration commitment. Uh, I'll just remind them next time we have a meeting of where where the draft uh, or the final letter went. That's all. Okay, we have a letter from ARPA, uh, which I think was pretty uh, motherhood and apple pie. I don't think there was anything else in there. I'm curious to know, uh, Mr. Parker, has any town administration attend that conference? I think in past years we've had Tanya's gone or others have gone. Yeah, it's, it's the one that I was just thinking of. Give me five seconds. I just have to look at that. Record. I mean, obviously this this submission from whatever is to try to course one of the councillors to attend as well. But Oh, yes, we uh, we do have uh, – oh, hold on. Is this the one that – there was two conferences in I don't think I'd, no yeah I'd, yeah I don't think we, it was another one I was thinking of um, one that um, Amina attends yeah so so item five and item seven uh, letter from municipal affairs item five was 2016 MSI allocations and the uh, number seven was Regarding the federal gas tax fund, we did see an email from Mr. Schramm regarding these two items. Um, right. Do you want to 
just summarize that? Or? It, 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 uh, the amount that we put into the budget is very similar to uh, basically uh, what we actually received. We were just out by a few thousand dollars, like about three, I think, total, three or four. Five hundred dollars uh, uh, for the one, and twenty-nine hundred for the other. And you'll be covering the shortfall. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. I, I'll make sure that I cover it somehow. Uh, uh, Alberta Municipal Affairs gave us a Municipal Safety Re Recognition Award. Uh, yes, sir. That's well. That's the uh, for the Safety Codes Council. Um, safety is, uh, I believe, the Safety Codes there that we. We got we got nice little certificate and everything. There it is. So when when are we going to see the KPIs on no lost time accidents, reportable incidences? Working on it, sir. Actually, we're working on it. Very good. Um, briefing note on municipal planning <laughs> commission minutes, and that was. Um, that lasted uh, a record 21 minutes. I think that's the longest they've had this year. And uh, the I must, I must say the last couple have been cancelled, actually. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And on this one, you, uh, I see you made a motion, uh, Mr. Sawchuk, to approve discretionary use of a public use for the North Peace Housing Foundation office building and the shell rotary house at lot three block four plan blah 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 and it was passed seemed like a heck of an idea okay little did you know that it's going to be short nine hundred thousand dollars <laughs> okay and uh, uh, northern air is having a father's day fundraiser and this one is for who are they making? Where does the where do the dollars go? Red Cross, the Canadian Red Cross wildfire wildfire supports. Is that just for Fort McMurray or for any wildfire? Just to the wild to the wildfire. It was originally for Fort McMurray, but it's just going to go to wildfire supports. Okay. And that's Saturday, June the eighteenth. Very good. Okay. Any notices of motion? There are none, Your Worship. Mr. Parker, okay. Uh, okay, yeah, please do that. Move items uh, 11, 1 through 11, nine. 9 for information. All in favor? Um, the, uh, any comments from the public? Once, twice, three times. Um, hearing no comments, we will go to key communications items. Um, Mr. Taylor, is there anything that you need us for? Any questions you have for us? So rotary house items are just talk to Councillor Needham. He's very passionate about that as you heard. And hardly biased. Not as passionate as you. Okay. 
strategies and initiatives? Uh, Councillor Ford, you can talk to Councillor Ford on that one. Yeah. And what was the other two? Birth matters? Uh, I would talk to the presenters for birth matters. And that would be Melanie Bekovich Joes and Laura Bekovich. And FCM. Uh, yeah, talk to Councillor Councillor Needham. You can get him. Kill two birds with one stone there. So we'll uh, we'll recess for uh, five ten minutes and then we'll come back for in camera.